Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, it's the funny thing about radio. You think about uh, what you might want to do the day before. And I usually, a lot of times shows are planned, you know, three, four, or five days in advance uh, for topics that I want to cover. I kind of, you know, work my way around the issues and explore. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes we'll do hours of work and go, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, and then something happens. <laughs> you know, last night something happened. Something really terrible happened. Something uh, we all knew would happen. But I think it's the first time it's really happened on national uh, TV. And that was the collapse of a, of a very popular um, American uh, football player in uh, in a game that uh, uh, well <laughs> this was not you know expected. Now this has happened around the world. We've had players collapse and die uh, from COVID jabs. They don't actually say that you know, but this is the thing. You know, it, name something else. <laughs> you know, people with, with no heart conditions, with no problems, with no nothing, are suddenly collapsing. Uh, and, and dying in some cases and then dying later in other cases and then being crippled or injured or sometimes having full recoveries. But whatever it is, they're collapsing. And these are the healthiest people in the world. This, this you know, uh, let me see, what's his name? Oh, scroll up here a bit. Uh, Damar uh, Hamlin. I think I got that right. Yeah, Damar Hamlin, 24 years old, right? So here's a guy, 24 years old. He's playing football. He gets, yeah, he gets tackled, but uh, it didn't look that bad. Then he stands up. So it wasn't the tackle. Because if he had a spinal injury, he wouldn't stand up. If, he, if his legs were broken, he wouldn't stand up. You know, if, if something really hurt in pain, he would have clutched it, you know. But he stands up and then he collapses. Okay, so this is the thing. So I'm, watch, well, I'm, I'm watching the replays. I, didn't, I don't generally watch football just because I don't watch sports. The Olympics, you know, wait, so I'll, wait till, I'll wait till the summertime when the Summer Olympics come around again. Or is it the Winter Olympics? Let me see, 2023. We don't have the Olympics this year. I have to wait till next year. But next year is going to be crazy because it's a presidential election year and everything goes crazy then. So this is going on. And it was it, what's fascinating. And, you know, well, let me get the title of the show today because it pretty, it pretty much sums it up. Although I had to, to cut my words a little bit. It says an NFL player is nearly dead on TV, but COVID jab denial is alive. And so the one thing I'm watching Newsmax, you know, and I uh, watched some of the one one American news coverage last night. I still can't get Fox News. I didn't, you know, ever since I, uh, you know, had to, had to switch my my few subscriptions away from cable, uh, I still can't find them. But uh, they're probably covering it up too. No one's talking about the COVID jab. You know, I watched the uh, you know last night Newsmax and this morning Newsmax, and some one American news, and the same thing happened. You no know, one said the COVID jab. Well, we'll see what happens tonight. And we'll see what happens to the to the player, but uh, they're they're going through all these complex explanations. It's hard this and that, and you know, and one person said, well, he he, you know, he suddenly he you know he got uh, uh, what what they call it uh, sudden death, <laughs> so he died of sudden death. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't I'm not trying to make light of this, but it's just it's very crazy the way this is working out, and so very very uh, strange, very interesting uh, watching the the coverage. So so the, to me, there's no mystery. I mean, this is a COVID shot. You know, these things did not happen before the COVID shot. You know, I don't think they're going to happen after the COVID shot. The COVID shot, we know, causes massive blood clots. We know that that massive blood clots cause heart, attack, cause heart attacks and strokes. You know, since the very first person, first public death, we think, from the COVID jab was Brian Sicknick, the, um, the police officer, the, the Capitol Hill police officer during January 6th, who they initially said was killed by a fire extinguisher. Well, we knew that wasn't true. <laughs> you know, good. And then they went on to other things. Well, then it was natural causes. So whenever they say died suddenly or natural causes or they don't know, you know, especially when there's no history of heart disease at all. And here's the part I don't understand. How can you have no 
Uh, I mean, none. No history of any kind of heart problem at all and suddenly get a heart attack. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess theoretically it's possible, you know, or if you, if you, you know, take, you know, mass amounts of cocaine for the first time, you know, or other things or stimulants or whatever it is that cause heart attacks, drugs that do it. But unless, you know, but a, but a, but a healthy athlete who gets physically checked on a regular basis, they would have run EKGs, EEGs, all the various uh, and sundry things, MRIs, you name it. They would have known his heart inside and out, literally. And all of a sudden to get a heart attack out of nowhere, you know, from a, from a tackle, which these players go through all the time, and to not even think that, you know, not even to raise the possibility that this is a COVID jab, it's crazy. That makes absolutely no sense. So I'm hoping uh, Brianna uh, will check in with our government inquiry report. Haven't seen her yet on the board. Usually when I say that, they call right in. <laughs> so let me check uh, let me check my emails real quick and uh, check messages and see if there's something. Because, you know, folks have stuff laughing all the time, and it, it just happens. And so I understand that. Yeah, let's see if I get uh, nothing there. Texas, where's my phone? Where is my phone? I don't think I've looked at my phone this morning. It's been one of those crazy mornings. Anyway, broadcasting here, it's getting hot out there. Uh, it's uh, Here we are in the... Uh, um, the panhandle, you know, sitting out uh, in, in, in Florida. And it's getting humid. It's like summer all over again. It's like, so we had this really brutal winter you know, last week <laughs> for about a week, right? 20 degrees. Now it's, what is the temperature now out here? It's going to be a, a pleasant, uh, let's just check and do a quick little weather little look here. Yeah, 68 degrees, heading up for 75. Rain's coming. So I give my standard warning because I still haven't been able to uh, pick up one of those uh, UPS universal power supply things. Then the show cuts out. I'll just start it again. That's how we do it. All right. So hopefully, like I say, Brianna will check in here pretty soon. In the meantime, let me, let me start this article and let you know, uh, you know, I, I get, I've got a bunch of articles. I've got um, who have we got? You know, let's, let's go through the list here. So the first one was Sun Times from London. So the English press was right on top of this. Shock tackle, DeMar Hamlin injury updates, players in tears as Buffalo Bills safety collapses on field during Cincinnati Bengals game. So why would the players be in tears? I mean, I mean, players, uh, they see injuries, you know, not on a regular basis, but it, it happens. And I don't remember ever seeing players in tears over something, over somebody who was injured. See, that doesn't make sense, right? So they must know, this, so the players know there's more to it. So the question is, are we going to interview the players? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, this is interesting. This is scary. Uh, and so uh, we've got a different article here. This is the second article. This is the one from, uh, where is it here? SB Nation, SB Nation, yeah. Cole Beasley says a Buffalo Bills player was sent home with positive COVID-19 tests this week. So the, we've got articles here on the Buffalo, I got an article from uh, July uh, of 2021 talking about uh, the Buffalo Bills players and COVID and positive tests and everybody has to get jabbed. And then there's the thing here. This is Cole Beasley. He says, I'll get vaccinated and be an advocate for it if Pfizer puts a percentage of its earnings from the vaccine in my wife's name. That's kind of funny. Uh, so so they're, they're, they're basically against, uh, oh, here's Mark Cuban says, I'll tell you what, Cole, you get vaccinated and promote vaccination on all your social. I'll buy your wife a share of Pfizer stock. It pays a 378 dividend. That way she's getting a percentage of Pfizer's earnings. Deal? <laughs> so so this is, everybody was pro-vaccine back in those days, except us and a bunch of other folks. A lot of people are pro-vaccine. And it's, it's really quite amazing to look at these things now in retrospect. So the next headline I had, uh, next article, I got a bunch of these. I was collecting them last night as they came in. And so this would have been, this is Fox News. Uh, Bills, DeMar Hamlin collapses on the field, game temporarily suspended. Well, I think the game was ultimately canceled, which is interesting. And then we got to the real story. All right. And so this is, this is the, the article that sort of ties it all together. And this is Steve Kirsch's newsletter. And so Steve Kirsch, 
Kirsch, uh, who's done some amazing work, uh, is in touch with Peter McCullough, is in touch with all kinds of people. I'm surprised he wasn't on the panel with uh, Senator Ron Johnson when they had that recent COVID thing. In fact, I'm surprised nobody brought up the fact that we have vaccine you know, product liability le- legislation. That also surprises me, especially from Senator Johnson, it being a legislative you know, a hearing in a legislative body, in other words, Congress. So this is from, uh, this is from, from last night, 7.39 p.m., Steve Kirsch. Uh, in Steve Kirsch's newsletter, it's on Substack, and that's where I hope to be writing soon is on Substack. Hamlin is believed to have suffered cardiac arrest. He collapsed just now. I talked to Dr. Peter McCullough to get his take. Here's what Peter said. So this is direct from Peter McCullough to Steve Kirsch last night regarding DeMar Hamlin's collapse on the field. He says this was called unprecedented on, on ESPN. Hamlin has been intubated. In other words, he's got uh, ventilator tubes down his throat. I, I know what that's like. I had heart surgery. Hamlin has been intubated and currently is listed in critical condition. All the announcers said they've never seen it in the NFL. Well, they're going to see it again. Okay, I hate to say this, and I'm really sorry, but all those players that, were, that got the jab, you know, they're all, th- th- this can happen. And at what point do people stop being in denial? At what point do people say, well, did they get the COVID jab? You know, because this is, this is going to be the, you know, the, the tragedy of this is that people are going to be injured and killed. Okay. But the, the, the fascinating part is going to be to see how it's covered, how it's talked about, how the government weasels work around it, how the corporate weasels try to avoid liability. Cause they all know this thing is dangerous. They do it. They did it anyway, but they all know it's dangerous. You know, what did you, you know, when did you know it was dangerous and what did you do about it? You know, I mean, how many people in, in the NFL uh, are going to be uh, guilty of criminally negligent homicide because they forced something they knew was dangerous? How many journalists, you know, now you, they're not going to get prosecuted for it, but how many journalists are going to have to live with the fact that they covered up knowledge of how dangerous these jabs were and they did nothing about it? Because they're as guilty as the NFL. There's a lot of guilt to go around here. You know, you look at the, the government people that had nothing to do with health and everything to do with money, Dr. Fascist and his whole crew. You've got Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, uh, AstraZeneca and all the manufacturers of, uh, of the COVID jab, they're all guilty as hell, you know, and all the people that work for them, especially the ones that knew that it was dangerous. You've got all the hospital people, the doctors, the nurses, the, uh, the, the pharmacies, you got everybody that gave the jab. And even if they suspected something was wrong and gave it anyway, they're, they're guilty too. So there's a lot of guilt to go around here, you know? And so I don't know how, I mean, I live with a clear conscience because I've done everything I possibly can to put out the warning. I've been doing it since uh, February, 2020. And I'm doing it again today, standing my ground, paying a price for, for being honest. You know, the censorship will continue as soon as, you know, Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, well, maybe not so much Twitter. We'll see what happens on Twitter. But as soon as the title of this show gets out, you know, that I'm going to have another round of censorship. Look at this. You know, I said, and if, but I'm not going to compromise. I'm sorry. You know, th- this is too important an issue. So my title again, an NFL player is nearly dead on TV, but COVID jab denial is alive. And that's exactly what's going on. The players will die but the denial will stay alive. Back to the article. This is uh, Steve Kirsch, newsletter from a conversation with uh, Dr. McCullough, who is one of the finest heart doctors in the world today. He says, um, after, the, after the, the, the line, uh, all the announcers said they'd never seen it in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I said, they're going to see this again. So the next line is, one of my nurse friends wrote, how often has a young, healthy football player that didn't take a heart, that hard of a hit had a heart attack or stroke? That's the question. How often has a young, healthy football player, not, not just healthy, we're talking world-class athlete. We're not talking somebody who, who, who works out, you know, and is normally healthy. We're talking about a world-class athlete in the National Football League, all right, that didn't take that hard of a hit and has a heart attack. 
You explain that one. Go ahead. I'll wait. Then it says CPR was administered for nine minutes. Normal is three to five minutes. After 10 minutes, you're basically dead. That's because of the brain damage, right? This is McCullough said that we will not know for 24 hours whether he will bounce back. He could make a full recovery. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Please make a God, you know, please have a full recovery. However, <laughs> you know, um, it never should have happened in the first place. So then Dr. Peter McCullough wrote, this is, this is from Steve Kirsch. He says, Dr. Peter McCullough just wrote me. And then they got the timestamp from last night at 7.54 p.m. I can only assume that's Eastern time. Anyway, he says, I watched the play live both as a fan and a cardiologist. This is Peter McCullough talking. I watched the play live both as a fan and a cardiologist, and I saw blunt neck and chest trauma, a brief recovery after the tackle, and then a classic cardiac arrest. I didn't know you, there, were, there were divisions of cardi- a classic cardiac arrest. Wow. So that's what happens? You, you literally just collapse like that? That's scary. No wonder people die because they, they can't even call 911. I mean, you just, you're out. I mean, they literally just stop. Huh. This is a brief, so here's what it's interesting. I saw a blunt neck and chest trauma. No, it's the tackle, right? A brief recovery after the tackle and then a classic cardiac arrest. See, the timeline is so interesting. So you go from the tackle, you know, to the recovery and then the, the, then the heart attack. He says, I have communicated to one of the most experienced trainers in the world and we agree that it was a cardiac arrest in the setting of a big surge of adrenaline. Let me say that again. It was a cardiac arrest, now there's a heart attack, in the setting of a big surge of adrenaline. I didn't know adrenaline could kill you. I guess too much of it can. You know, fight or flight, the stuff that gives you the energy to flight <laughs> or fight. Interesting. From the adrenal glands, and I'm not big on hormones or endocrinology, but uh, at least I recognize that. Then he says, if DeMar Hamlin indeed took one of those COVID-19 vaccines, then subclinical vaccine-induced myocarditis must be considered in the differential diagnosis. Let me say that again. Okay, let's see if we can translate that in English. So this is the first place and the only place I've seen this question, that this is a vaccine-induced myocarditis, which is the swelling of the heart. So now, of course, the, the thing to do is investigate, was there a swelling of the heart after, after the jab? Did they, and did they make him play anyway with a swollen heart? Because we know players play injured. We know that. You know, then they take steroids, painkillers, all kinds of things like that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a messy business. But the question is, and I think it's a very clear question, um, is did, you know, did they know? Did they know on the medical record that he had a swollen heart? Was he already suffering from myocard- myocarditis? And they're not talking. Because if they knew he was suffering from myocarditis and they made him play anyway, they're liable. Everybody, they won't avoid, they, you know, they've got to avoid the money. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to avoid that money problem. That's what the bosses say. That's what the bean counters say. Sorry. Can't have money problems. Can't, can't have a lawsuit. So let me say this once again. He's, this is Peter McCullough. He says, I have communicated to one of the most experienced trainers in the world, and we agree that it was a cardiac arrest in the setting of a big surge of adrenaline. If DeMar Hamlin indeed took one of the COVID-19 vaccines, I think it was required for players in the NFL. Remember the big stink about that? So why, why would you take the world's healthiest people and make them take an unidentified substance where nobody knows what's in it, nobody knows what it does, for, for a, a virus that's not going to affect them hardly at all anyway? <laughs> that's irrational. Unless you're trying to make money, in which case, yeah. In, the, in which case, you make everybody take it, you know, especially your public figures, because you want that as an example for everybody else. Well, football players are taking it. I should take it, too. You know, you know how that works, right? Anyway, it says, if Mar Hamlin indeed, okay, it says, uh, yeah, it says um, 
let me start again here. If Dar, Dar Hamlin indeed took one of the COVID-19 vaccines, then subclinical vaccine-induced myocarditis must be considered in the differential diagnosis. I'm not sure what a differential diagnosis is, but um, hopefully that'll be explained down here. He says, this is Peter McCullough. We have been told he was successfully defibrillated on the field. You know, the, the clear, the, the power, the, the, the paddles, the whole bit, jumpstart your heart. Um, uh, it says defibrillated on the field and has been intubated, in other words, um, ventilator, and is not spontaneously breathing, which is consistent with anoxic, oh, here's a big word, anoxic encephalopathy, anoxic encephalopathy. Okay. The nation prays for his complete recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Anoxic has to do with oxygen. Encephalopathy, uh, I heard encephalitis, so maybe there's a relation there. He says, note, this is back to Peter, uh, Steve Kirsch talking. He says, note that McCullough originally speculated that the injury that Buffalo Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, uh, was due to commotio cordis, C-O-M-M-O-T-I-O, cordis, C-O-R-D-I-S. And that, in parentheses, a phenomenon in which a sudden blunt impact to the chest causes sudden death in the absence of cardiac damage. So in other words, a sudden blow unrelated to a heart attack. That's the other diagnosis. So uh, anyways, the time delay from the hit until it collapses is expected in commodio cordis. Peter believes that the ventricular tachycardia, another big word, and ventricular fibrillation, which is the heartbeat, could have been set up by the vaccine if he took it. Yeah, so there you go. Comes, everything comes back to the vaccine. Hamlin was shocked back to rhythm. He is now, and he, is, he now has anoxic encephalopathy. He's in critical condition at the hospital. And then they have a video clip. You can watch it. You can watch him. He, 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 he takes a tackle, right? And then, uh, um, then he gets up, and then no touching him, and then he just collapses. It's, it's really scary. And he says, for more information, see Paul Alexander's Substack vaccine. Bill's NFL football player, Stacey DeMar Hamlin, collapses in game against Bengals. Dr. Raman Oskui. O-S-K-O-U-I. Cardiologist called me and sent me some data. Dr. McCullough has been screaming about this. You know, this is uh, and has J. Watts. I guess that's where it came from. And here's another headline. Is it inappropriate to comment on Hamlin injury? <laughs> Not on this show. <laughs> if you think the vaccines are safe, this article is very troubling. Therefore, it is viewed as inappropriate. If you think the vaccines are not safe, this article is confirming uh, and people have no objection. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there we go. And then we have the summary here. It, it now appears that if Hamlin was vaccinated, which we all believe is highly likely, but we don't have evidence to say so, he, say he was, the vaccine likely played a very major role in his injury until proven otherwise. So in other words, the, the, the vaccine is guilty until proven innocent, which I tend to believe, you know, because this didn't happen before the, the vaccine. The vaccine is not a vaccine. And all the things we've talked about all these different times, you know, it's just that's, that's what's going on. So uh, we shall see. Anyway, so Steve Kirsch has this newsletter there. So that's the definitive word. Let's go back to see what uh, people were initially saying, because this is kind of interesting. I, you know, again, I wasn't planning to do this right away. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, – no, hang on. Just, let me just check this out. Okay. There we go. That sounds good. So she's going to join us here in a little bit. That's okay. Uh, I can uh, – well, let me, let me – uh, you know, so Brianna's going to join us. So let me just um, talk about – couple of other things I find in the news that are fascinating to me. That's the big one. Uh, the second thing that's big in the news is the coronation of Kevin McDeepstate. And we've talked about this on the show before. I have never seen news media so blatantly biased in such, such totally opposite directions. And it's fascinating to me that the, the media, including Newsmax, which I'm having to watch more and more now and can't get Fox, but they're just as bad. Uh, One American News seems like the last holdout of any kind of journalistic uh, integrity. Uh, 
but you'll see Newsmax. It's like, you know, I was watching uh, Greta, what's her name? Uh, Greta Van Susteren on last night. So well, what do you mean Kevin McCarthy's not going to be speaker? Why can't Kevin McCarthy be speaker? You know, why, what's holding up him being speaker? You know, she's so biased. She's hopelessly biased. You know, the coronation of Kevin McCarthy, well, he has to be speaker. You know, they never ask who else can do it. They never ask why he should be speaker. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, Brianna's here, so I'm going to get to her, uh, her theme right away here. But uh, just this, this, this idea that Trump is all bad and everything has to, you know, be against him in the media because he goes against the system. And someone like, you know, Deep State, Kevin McDeep State is all good. Is, is, it's just it's scary the way it goes. But once you recognize the propaganda, it's easy to see. All right, let's get right to Brianna. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Good morning, Brianna. <laughs> Good <Sorry>. morning. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, it happens. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so welcome to the show. Yeah. Do you, do, do you want to fess up or, or should I tell or, or uh, should we just let it go and move on? Yeah, I overslept. I'm so yeah. sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. It's quite all right. Let me make a confession. I missed about 13 minutes of my show one day and I'm the host. Okay. It happens. Uh, and so, and another time, it's happened maybe two or three times in my, my four year history and stuff just happens. You know, you, you think it's Saturday and it's not, <laughs> you wake up and go, Oh no, it's Friday. <laughs> and then of course, uh, Shirley watch our, our gun report is like, she's waiting. It's like, we've been waiting for you, Greg. <laughs> so, you know, it's, this is, this is normal stuff. I just, uh, I was just going on with, uh, with a really tragic story actually, but uh, it's good to have you here. So what's on your mind? What have you been thinking about this week? Um, basically holidays and, you know, getting the house all cleaned up and stuff. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's any, any, uh, um, <laughs> any revolutions? I don't say resolutions. I don't make resolutions. I make revolutions. This is action radio. So, so my revolution is just the peaceful revolution to, you know, change the, uh, the relationship of the citizen to the government. That's my revolution. What's your revolution? Do you have a revolution? Um, I guess, think about it. like, just getting the same, like, mine's just kind of, like, the same goals, but um, okay. I didn't have anything new to add, but, yeah. Okay, and I, um, I, I totally surprised you. This is, I mean, I didn't give you a chance to think about that question, but you can, you know, come back next week. Say, I got some revolutions for you. I just want to change the language. I'm having so much fun changing the language everywhere. You know, again, from uh, from rhinos to transgender Democrats, from, uh, you know, the, the, the GOP to the gelding old party, um, from uh, fossil fuels to organic fuels. I love playing with language. It's, it's been a hobby of mine for a long time. It's just, I, I, I make my own terms. I just do. So now I have New Year's revolutions. <laughs> it amuses me. So when you have a revolution, let me know. Yeah. Let me know what your revolution is. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think you had a Supreme Court case, and we had some other stuff that we sort of had hanging. Um, and uh, feel free to brief me on the case because I've been so busy with stuff. You wouldn't believe what's going on. I can't tell people right now, but behind the scenes, there's a ton of things happening. Uh, new breakthroughs, new people, new uh, new public figures, new new connections. There's some some pretty staggering things that we're, we're going to see unfold this year. So you're in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Good choice. Stick around. It's going to get fun. Anyway, back to you. Okay, so um, Grove City versus Bell. Um, it started mm-hmm. out where um, with it was all about like the Title Nine of um, uh, and Title Nine was like no discrimination um, in any kind of education programs or activities or anything like that that requires federal assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grove City versus Bell. First, um, Grove City, they agreed with the Title IX and they liked Title IX. Um, they didn't have anything against Title IX, but um, they didn't want to um, sound like every other college because they believed it was like signing a blank check to allow the federal government power and control in their private school, and they didn't want that. They wanted to stay private and stay in control and not let the federal government dictate anything about their school because they believed that was wrong and went against their principles and their values and stuff. So the federal government um, tried to say, like, okay, well, we're pulling out all of your federal funding. But it didn't really affect them because Grove City didn't actually have any funding to begin with from um, the federal government. So they were like, mm. okay, whatever, that doesn't affect us. We're still not going to sign it. Um, so then – they were saying that they were going to take away the Pell Grants from their students, mm-hmm. where the students couldn't use their like um, Pell Grants to pay for their college, mm-hmm. to pay for the school. Um, and Grove City didn't like that because, of course, that would hinder their students. And they they didn't want to go against like the principles of it, and they didn't want to sign it, but they were going to fight it because they didn't believe I was right, and they wanted their kids and their students to be able to still pay with all those because they knew that a lot of them rely on those grants in order to pay for their college. And Hmm. um, so they took it to court and the judge ruled in their favor, in Grove City's favor, because he said that the Pell Grants had nothing to do um, since the um, program and activity did not – the program and activity of Grove City was not funded by the federal government and the Pell Grants had nothing to do with that, that um, um, they didn't have to sign and the funds weren't, the Pell Grants weren't taken away from the students, or I guess unable to be used at that college. So um, they didn't have to sign Mm -hmm. and the students could use the Pell Grants. And then um, a couple years later, there was a new judge that came in and he overturned that and said, okay, you don't have to sign but we're going to take away the Pell Grants, or, you know, you can sign. So then they took it up to the Supreme Court to fight it. Um, and the Supreme Court said, or I think the second judge was trying to get them to sign it, and then, it was, and then when they didn't, took away the Pell Grants. Um, so they took it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that they didn't have to sign the Title IX but their Pell Grants mm-hmm. would be taken away. And mm-hmm. everybody was, like, celebrating because it was um, 
a win for them. They didn't have to sign Title IX, but the um, leaders of the college and stuff were still kind of upset because they, even though they didn't have to sign Title IX and go against those like values and principles, um, they were still kind of upset because their students weren't able to use the Pell Grants in order to pay for their college, and they knew it was going to hurt a lot of their students. But um, they worked on a bunch of different avenues to help children get um, more funding and um, to help pay for their college and stuff. So it was a very interesting um, situation in case. No, it is very interesting. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, we should go over Title IX a little bit, what that is. I understood Title IX was mostly for women's sports. In other words, you couldn't, if you had a men's football team, you had to offer a women's football team. You know, men's basketball, you had to have women's basketball. I thought it was mostly a, a sports uh, equality. Not that they had to have the same money, but you had to have a team uh, of some kind. That's what I understood Title IX to be. But is Title IX a lot more than that? And, and do you have a good, you know, like a working definition of it? Um. We can look it up, but I'm just curious. Yeah, um, the case says um, student when students receive federally funded grants, which would be like the Pell Grants, Title IX requirements only apply to the specific program or activity that has benefited from the grants. Um, I guess I was talking about Title IX. Um, there's like a summary of it, and it says it prohibits discrimination based on sex and education programs and activities that receive federal financial assistance. Okay. Well, what's interesting is that the federal government, uh, the, the courts have ruled, uh, and I think actually rightly so, that what the federal government funded funds, what any government funds, you know, they can kind of regulate and control. Uh, I've got here Title IX, U.S. Code. I've got Chapter 1. Let me see if I can find a good, you know, I need a definition section here. Uh, it's just different. Oh, that's U.S. Code. This is, this is a different Title IX. It's not the one I'm looking at. It's, it's going to be completely different than school provisions. I mean, let's see if there's anything here on school. That's what, that's what Grove City knew about the funding. They didn't want the federal government to have any control mm -hmm. in their college. Well, and that happens sometimes, too, because when the federal government controls, you know, the, the Department of Education steps in and says, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, we want you to have critical race theory. We want you to teach climate change. You know, we want you to do this, and we'll give you grants if you do what we say, and we'll take money if, if you don't. So, all right, here we go. So I've got the Cornell Law School, the Legal Information Institute, my favorite uh, source for uh, knowledge. is Title IX, as explained by the U.S. Department of Education. See, there we go. Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 has been around for a while. Uh, it says that federal, it is a federal civil rights law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex and education programs and activities. All public and private elementary and secondary schools, school districts, colleges, and universities receiving any federal funds, which is what you're talking about, uh, with the Pell Grants, must comply with Title IX. Under Title IX, discrimination on the basis of sex can include sexual harassment, sexual violence. Uh, it's got here uh, other actions prohibited by Title IX include the failure to provide equal opportunity in athletics. That's what we were talking about. And discrimination based on pregnancy. Well, that's interesting. Uh, this is May 2020. The U.S. Department of Education added specific legally binding uh, steps uh, educational institutions must take in response to, to notice of, of alleged sexual harassment. 2020 amendments define sexual harassment to include certain types of, uh, da, 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 okay, so they go on. Anyway, but, uh, and then it says for additional information. So Cornell Law School, the Legal Information Institute, the LII, is one of the best sources 
uh, of information you can find uh, as far as legal. That's where I go. And so, uh, so they, they've proved to be very useful in that. So why would the federal government, here's the question, why would the federal government want all these schools to sign on to Title IX, considering it's really the law anyway? You know, Title IX would apply whether they signed on to it or not, wouldn't it? I mean, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex, you know, in education regardless. Or, or could you before? I mean, what, do you know the history of this at all? Um, I mean, I don't believe, I believe that because of the way it was put that um, you wouldn't have to sign on for you to be held accountable. I believe you you would be held accountable either way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember signing, you don't have to sign on to the law. That, that that part doesn't make sense to me. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of uh, of how it works. Or is it you sign a contract to get your Pell Grants? In other words, with the Pell Grants, the, the leverage that was being used here, you know, to force the college to do that because the students use Pell Grants to go to school. You know, and and yeah. well, let me ask you a follow-up. Yeah, so what's that connection? Did did you dig into that a bit? Um, like the Pell Grants connection. Mm-hmm. So it's Pell Grants are like the federally funded grants for students. Like students get a Pell Grant and then they can use it for any college that they want to help pay for their education. Mm-hmm. And I guess because they couldn't control any funds for the college itself, they had to go through a different avenue to kind of hurt the college and um, yeah, makes sense. in order to get them yeah. to sign on. And huh. so if they were to take the federal funds away from the students that one them fair and square could use them for whatever college they wanted for whatever reason, um, mm-hmm. if they were to take it from the students just because they decided to use it for um, Grove City and stuff, then maybe they wouldn't be able to go to Grove City. And I think that was kind of like a, a punishment for them. Yeah, see, that's what I, I think, think the government over... I think it was over, used over, as kind yeah. of like a fear and intimidation tactic in order to get them to sign on. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And this is, you know, it's, it's one thing for the government to... Uh, to exercise control and oversight over the, the spending of, of taxpayer money. That makes sense. But when they bring in coercion, intimidation, extortion, you know, uh, that kind of stuff to get their way on policy, that's a whole different thing. Uh, I think uh, Hillsdale College does not take federal funds of any kind. But that doesn't mean they don't have students that don't. And so this is interesting. So, you know, I always, I always envision the, uh, the leftist, you know, in, in mommy's basement, you know, the nerdy looking person who's socially unacceptable sitting on a computer dreaming up all this stuff, right? So I, I know they're out there. Those, those people are there. And they come up with this stuff that if you cut off the funding through the students, you're actually cutting off the funding to the college. And I think that's, uh, that's what this is all about. So my, so my next question then is Pell Grants. Weren't they private at one point? Uh, and when the student and when the government took over the student loan, basically industry, which I believe was illegal. Um, did they then take over the distribution of those funds as to which schools could get them? And did that give them the leverage? Was that part of the deal? I think Obama took them over. Was that part of the deal that since the government was now issuing student loans directly as opposed to by private corporations, um, were they able to you know, have that kind of influence over the schools? What do you think? Um. I'm not exactly sure about like, changes within the Pell Grant. Um, okay. I know that it's um, like government provided money, and they like don't need to be repaid. Um, 
That's another issue, though, isn't it? And it's a good issue to raise. I was thinking of that, too. You know, when, when Brandon says, I'm going to forgive all these student loans, how can you forgive? You know, first of all, it's not forgiving. It's basically, you know, giveaways. It's, it's what I, I call graduate student welfare. So how can you tell some students, here's where equal protection of the 14th Amendment comes in. So let me let, me let you wrestle with this concept. So how can you hand say to students that we're, we're, going to, uh, we're going to cancel your loans? You don't have to pay them back, even though you duly contracted them without duress. You duly contracted a loan. We're going to say you don't have to pay this back. But on the other hand, they're going to say some students who want to go to some schools can't even get loans. And they, if they do have loans, we're not going to let them use those loans for particular schools. This seems to me a problem. It, it is. <laughs> is it addressed in the court case at all? What do you think? Or do you something to think about it? You can tell me what the court case says or both. I'm, I'm curious. Um, I haven't read through the entire case, only like a, a couple of the small paragraphs. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, so let's, let's analyze it. We got, we got, unless you have a, another topic, let's, let's analyze this a little bit. So what I do, because um, I, I have trouble, I, I'm like ADHD, unbelievably, I can't read for a long time, I'm bored. You can probably guess that, you know, if I don't keep this, if, you know, this is why I do radio <laughs> instead of read, you know, because I need, I need like instant, you know, mental feedback communication and, and a really rapid pace. Um, so I, I can't read fast enough to keep my brain engaged. So I don't read a lot of, of the stuff. So when I have a big you know, Supreme Court case that's you know, 90 pages long, I can't possibly read it. So you've got to figure out what's the most important. So we've got to get the summary of the case. We've got to get the facts of the case. Uh, we have to get how the case was decided and then you know, pick particular opinions of justices that I particularly like. Actually, I should call them judges because that's what the Constitution says. So when was this case heard? Does it have a date on it? Um, I think there was three different dates, um, like 1970s and 80s kind of timeline. Um, okay. It says, in 1978, the college and a few student grant recipients brought a lawsuit to the United States District Court um, to overturn the department's termination of student grants and order the department not to require assurance of compliance. In 1980, the district court ruled in favor of the college, said the department could not terminate the students' BEOGs, even though the grants, cons- con- even though the grants constituted Title IX federal financial assistance. The court gave the following reasons: the regulations requiring the college to file an assurance compliance were invalid. There was no finding that the college discrimination on the basis of gender, and the students who received the grants did not have the opportunity to participate in an administrative hearing on the matter. Um, hmm. okay. And it said the college petitioned the SCOTUS to hear the case. The court agreed, and oral arguments were heard on November 29, 1983. And I think there were more dates. Mm-hmm. So, 83 but, would have been the Reagan administration, right? So, we're talking the Reagan's first term, 1983. Um, and so that would have been justices like Brennan. Uh, I don't know if Senator Day O'Connor, who Reagan appointed, was on at that time. You had liberal justice. You had conservative justice. Would have been John Paul Stevens, uh, William Rehnquist. Uh, I think Scalia was a Reagan appointee. He may or may not have been on the court at that time. So then what you want to look for is the majority and the dissenting opinions. The dissents are usually the most interesting because they, they go crazy. The, the majority opinion, they, they cite precedent for like 50 pages, and then they spend one page telling you exactly what, they, what, they were, what they're going to do and what they're going to order. 
So the end of the majority opinion <laughs> is where you usually find what the court, yeah, it's funny, <laughs> you usually find what the court orders. And so the BEOG, that's Basic Educational Opportunity Grants, that would be a Pell Grant. Name for Senator Claiborne Pell. That's where that comes from. Um, so Senator's Loving's named after them. <laughs> yeah, I, Cape I have the majority opinion up. Would you like me to read it? Uh, not, it, it? Not the whole thing, but start it and end it. Leave out all the precedent crap in the middle. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Because usually the beginning and the end is the most interesting okay. part. Well, tell me, read, read what you think. What do you think uh, pertinent? It was, um, it says some of the names. It says Chief Justice Berger, Justice ba- Blackman, O'Connor Powell, and Rehnquist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the that majority opinion. That would have been the conservative majority. Okay, so that made, in 1983, that, yep. Okay, makes sense. So Scalia wasn't on the court yet, or he would have been there. Okay. Um, they said that Title IX applied in this case because students used BEOGs to pay for their education at the college. However, the court decided that as an insurance of compliance could only be required of the student financial aid program because the grants benefited only that program. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it's required across the institution, even though federal funds are granted to grow students' students rather than directly to the college education programs. Um, well, dude, Title IX, like I say, it, I thought primarily was a sports equalization. So you couldn't, you couldn't deny, you know, any money to women's sports, but obviously we know that, you know, men's football gets more money than women's football. I don't even know if colleges have much of a big women's football program a lot of times. But some of the, 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 the male football programs, you know, bring in literally millions of dollars to some of these big schools. I mean, that's a business. But Title IX says you have to have a, you know, have to have a women's team. So it's equal access but not equal expenditure necessarily, which is interesting, uh, which actually is, is a good thing because if, you know, one team's generating you know, millions of dollars for the college, it makes sense to put more money into it. Um, so so the, I'm still confused about this whole idea of signing on to Title IX. What is it that the colleges, you know, what, what, what was required of Grove City that they did not want to do? Was it they didn't want any federal control, <clears throat> federal influence? They didn't want um, – what did well, – is that in the opinion at all? And it might be in, in – um, might be in the majority yeah, opinion. Um, it might be one – yeah, go ahead. What did you find? It says the concurring and dissenting opinions. Um, and this is just for this one. It says that Justice Powell – um, and Justin, Chief Justice Berger, Justice O'Connor. Um, oh wait, that's like my majority. That sounds like a majority. Um, that would have been a majority opinion. Yeah. Concurring means they agree with the majority, but they have differences. Dissenting means they they don't agree with the majority opinion. In fact, they they think it's wrong. They voted against. Um. The case was an example of overzealousness on the part of the federal government. The college did not, in fact, discriminate against anyone, and the department eventually conceded that Title IX applied only to college's financial aid office. Um, Mm. Justice Stevens partly concurred in the majority opinion and concluded in the result that Title IX requirements applied to the college. Um, Justice Brennan told – Justin Brennan, joined by Justice Marshall – concurred 
in part and dissented in part from the majority opinion. They also agreed with the majority and concurring justices that Title IX applied to the college. Um, so this one doesn't give me a whole lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, go to the but, Cornell um, uh, legal and I remember legal before yeah. they uh-huh. were. I, I remember before um, they were talking about like, of course they agreed with Title IX. You know, they didn't want to have any discrimination. They were going to give you know sports for um, both and, and all educational opportunities. And the thing that they didn't like is government interference in their school because. Um, I, they knew that, you know, giving the government power, you know, they, they take more power, and they didn't want government to control any aspect of their school. They wanted it purely to be their own because they wanted to stay, you know, a good Christian moral college that could make their own um, make their own decisions and their own curriculum and that it would stay a private education institution for students to come to, um, which is a really hmm. smart idea. No, it, it makes sense. I, I was thinking Brigham Young University does uh, something similar to this, uh, Mormon University in, in Utah. Uh, and there are other places that uh, mm-hmm. Hillsdale College does not take any federal funds. And it's it's interesting that, you know, with the student loan program, and I'm not well versed in this, this is something you can you know, reach further if you want to look into it. Uh, it might help with your own education, you know, where you, where you might want to go, uh, if you might want to go, uh, is that to find out, you know, does a college, can you get student loans? And can you use and can the school, you know, basically use that for your education uh, as you both agree to? In other words, you go to a college that you agree to for their policies and the the college is able to maintain those policies throughout your education. I mean, that's that's the contract you make when you go to to a, you know, like a place like Grove City, you know, saying, okay, I'm going here with the assumption you're going to be able to keep the policies and I'll be able to get you the money, you know, and this is and this is our contract. And then if the government comes in and says, well, we need to change all that. So my question is, what does the government want to change? Is there, uh, is, is there anything particularly highlighted in the cases that go, Grove City cites as we don't want this in our school? Any particular policies or, or ideas or budgets or programs or, you know, did they require, you know, um, racially segregated dorms, for example? Did they require, I don't know, was there a church and state issue? You know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have, uh, you know, church classes or, or Christian classes as part of the regular curriculum. It had to be, you know, chapel on Sunday kind of thing. Was there anything that you can point to that Grove City wanted to do that the federal government was specifically objecting to uh, through the Department of Education? Um, I'm reading through this now. Um... This may take further research too. For folks that are new to the show, I ask really detailed, yeah. impossible questions. This, this is what I, you know, this is kind of normal. But uh, it, these are the ones that I think of as we're going through the case. And so, Brianna, I think the more you do this, the more you'll be asking the questions. You'll be thinking in your head, "What's Greg going to ask me about this?" <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll know ahead of time. You, you, you'll start to anticipate, um, and you, you'll start asking questions yourself, like, "Why is this? What's going on? What, what's the real issue here?" And this is what it comes to. There's so. There's one that says, should the level of compliance and the related reporting and other policies depend on the entity's ability to pay for the Title IX requirements of reporting on and enforcing the policies? Should an entity have to prove or document its compliance with Title IX to avoid a cutoff of federal funding? Make a case Mm. for why a private entity should or should not be required to prove or document its compliance with Title IX requirements that are inconsistent 
with an institution's mission or values. The entity believes do not apply to it, and the entity is complying with but can't afford to prove its compliance. That's huge. Um, That's actually a really big issue, you know, because the government paperwork and requirements, they might just want to be bothered. In fact, if nobody's complaining, you know, if, the, if Title IX, if there is, e, you know, equal access to, the, to be able to play the sport, maybe not the amount of money going into it, maybe not the stadium size, you know, but it, the, the Title IX is about being able to play, not being able to, you know, watch and pay for and raise money off. And so was there, you know, were there any objections from students in Grove City? Were, were people complaining? You know, said there's no, you know, lacrosse team for women or something like that. That's interesting. That'd be they said question. that they, they said that they found no um, discrimination in any area. Okay, but the cost of compliance. Yeah, so we have. A, I had a bill idea. Now, so, of course, my, my next question before we, you know, we, before we get to, to Josie here in a few minutes, is what you want to do about it. <laughs> you know, it's always like, what do we, what do we do at action? We, we, you know, what's our, what's our action radio response? And uh, the cost of compliance, you know, people fear uh, an IRS audit, not because they necessarily did anything wrong. Of course, those that did do something wrong blatantly, you know, yeah, you know, you know, you folks know why you're afraid. Um, but those that, uh, but there's a lot of people are afraid of an IRS audit just because they can't pay the compliance cost because they don't want every aspect of their life scrutinized. Uh, even though they, as, as far as they know, they've done nothing wrong. Their account says they've done nothing wrong. They still you know, don't want an audit because it costs a fortune for a small business to provide mountains of documents. You know, the IRS says, I want, to, I want all your records and all your receipts for the last seven years. Well, if you're a small mom and pop shop, say you own a diner, you know, Fred's Diner in Butte, Montana. <laughs> you know, I'm just making, I don't even know there is one, right? Just making all this up. And all of a sudden, they, that, uh, you know, uh, some IRS agent decides that Fred's Diner really needs to be investigated. <laughs> You know, uh, you can you can bankrupt a company just on the compliance costs, making it so burdensome for them that even if they've done nothing wrong, just trying to prove that they've done nothing wrong, you know, because the innocent until proven guilty is not how it works at the IRS. You're guilty until proven innocent. Um, Compliance costs are a big deal. Paperwork requirements. This is why a lot of big companies can handle the paperwork because they have whole divisions of accountants and lawyers. But a small company? Government compliance is a huge factor in the cost of doing business. Something you might want to look into. Be interesting. Now, for colleges, oh, I hear your dog in the background. Yep, it's time to feed the dog. Hey, parents, feed the dog. <laughs> Are they listening? Can, can, can I talk to them directly from here? No. Oh, too bad. No. Hopefully they get the podcast. Um, but you got to hang, hang a sign on your door. Feed the dog. <laughs> but... What are the does it say about the, what do you think about the compliance costs? Do you, how how significant do you see that as an issue for Grove City, based on what you've read? Um, I mean, I think of it kind of in the same aspect as the Constitution. Not every single citizen goes in and signs the Constitution, but everybody is subject to the laws of it, you know, mm-hmm. as a citizen, and you know. I think they're out in the same area. I mean, if it's a law, if it's a requirement, then, it, you know, it should stay a requirement. But I don't believe we have to physically sign a form to hand over power in, in any way to the federal government. And there's this um, one little part that I found here, and it says, um, Grove City College seeks to avoid government entanglement and seeks to remain independent to operate efficiently. And so right now, 
the issue is that they must either expel students who receive federal scholarships or agree that it is subject to government regulation. Well, they'd be subject they to government regulation to... anyway. Yeah, this, this is a confusing part. You know, the law exists whether you sign on to it or not. You, you can't rob a bank uh, and get away with it just because you, you didn't sign on to a law saying, you, you know, you, you, don't, you can't rob banks. I mean, that, this, there's, something, there's something missing here. There's something missing in our analysis. Yeah. Hmm. So here's my question. But since we have they had no discrimination in their school. Right. But see, and having no discrimination and proving it. Say that again? I'm sorry. And the school itself agreed with Title IX, but they just didn't want to sign on to it in order, I mean, like they said, to remain independent, operate efficiently, um, avoid government entanglement. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, we've got a few minutes here. Let's, let's do, see if you can do a quick search and put, um, what would this be? University Title IX contract with the federal government or something like that. What are the requirements? Or signing on to university, signing on to Title IX. You know, what's the contract? See what comes up. Let's see if we can find that actual contract. Let's see what I can find, too. This might be interesting. So live research right on the... Anybody wants to be a call screener producer and be able to help us do this kind of stuff? Uh, you know, call me. Well, don't, you know, actually send me a message. <laughs> Probably better. So, universe. I'm going to look out myself. University. Okay. Let's see what comes up here. Signing on to cell nine. <laughs> I got it. June of 2022. U.S. Department of Education releases. That's definitely a stretch from Mac. But... What does it say now? The, the result that popped up is from like 2022, June. It said the uh -huh. U.S. Department of Education releases, and then there's more. But it's, it's kind of a stretch. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the point here. I'm kind of scanning this. <laughs> what, what's that? What, say it one more time. Well, whenever I put in like, the university signing into Title IX, it came up with like the U.S. Department of Education releasing something. Huh. And, okay. You know, it's like it's a bit of a stretch, but also it's probably exactly like what you were saying with the Grove City not wanting that. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, because if well, like I said, what the government funds, the government can regulate, and there's there's compliance. Not only compliance costs with proving you didn't do it, but there's other things they may have, you know. And so this is what I'm trying to find out is to what was what was Grove City objecting to? Uh, I go signing. I got signing up Title Nine. I said what to consider before signing a contract with Legal Affairs. Contract signing authority, uh, Title Nine Legal Affairs, University of Chicago. Nothing. This might this is going to take a little bit of work here. See if you can find the contract. Um, that would be something interesting for next week. So is there something that colleges physically have to sign to prove that they're, you know, Title IX compliant? And the other one that comes to mind uh, is ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. And this might apply to colleges too, yeah. but it could, apply, it could apply anywhere. So in other words, are, is it enough to be compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act or do you have to prove it? And do you have to sign a, a, a contract like an authorization or a certification is what I'm thinking of. In other words, the government certifies that you're ADA compliant. 
does the government certify? Let's try that. There's another search, you know, uh, Title IX certification for universities. Does the government certify that they are Title IX compliant? See what you come up with. Um. Hope you don't mind on the air homework. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's this. I think I might have found something. Okay. This document has been formally rescinded by the department and remains available on the web for historical purposes only. Oh, that sounds great. What what did they used to have to do? <laughs> let's, let's, let's delve into history, shall we? <laughs> Anything interesting? If not, we can do it next time. I think that, but I think that would be an interesting follow-up to this. Is what are they actually signing? And then you, you can read. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Every school must have make known procedures for students to file complaints of sex discrimination. Um, okay. Requires schools to adopt and publish grievance procedures for students to file complaints of sexual discrimination. Um, or sex discrimination, including sexual harassment or sexual violence. Um, there was there was a problem a few use, years ago. Yeah, go ahead, keep going. I'll, I'll tell you my my question in a bit. Okay. Um, they can use general disciplinary procedures to address to address complaints, but they must provide prompt and equitable resolution. All right, you you found um, it. You found it. This, this, is, this is what we're looking for, okay? And I remember this happened a few years ago, that there were cases, there were schools. This, these are, you know, leftist institutions, and they had these student courts. And they were, you know, they were accusing uh, their male students, sometimes would be accused of sexual harassment, of, of, of date rape, of all kinds of really awful stuff. And it wasn't judged by, uh, there, was, there was no real administrative procedure. It wasn't a law enforcement thing. It wasn't a court proceeding. These student courts that were kind of set up, and they were basically, you know, guilty and you're guilty. You know, if you're accused, you're guilty kind of thing. And so there were, you know, some young men that were really victimized by these things. And I'm sure that, you know, there, there are people that do horrible things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the innocent folks, the ones that are falsely accused. And there were male students that were falsely accused of all kinds of stuff, and they were judged guilty. And, in fact, the school didn't care whether they were guilty or innocent, just the fact that they were accused, they didn't want them around. And students ended up, the male students, you know, would get decent lawyers and they'd they'd go back and sue the schools. And some of those students, you know, uh, really made those colleges pay for destroying their education. And so that is wrong. And and as I've always said, you know, when people talk about constitutional rights and the rights of the accused and innocent until proven guilty, we're not trying to set the criminals free. We're trying to protect the honest people. It's always about that because you don't, especially with death penalty. We can talk about that sometime, too. But I've been against the death penalty because if you're wrong, you can't take it back. It's too late. You know, and you cannot kill innocent people. I don't care, you know, how many murderers are in jail for the rest of their life. Um, it, you know, and that's a, that, was, that was a very serious problem. Now, the fact that the, the students the schools – go ahead. There was a quote, and I don't remember who it was by. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that person's long dead by now, but um, – it happens. It was talking about like the reason uh, or the purpose of American laws, and it mm-hmm. was saying that the laws are to protect the good people from the bad. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's to um, 
make the bad people, um, gosh, I don't remember it, but, um, and it was basically, and basically now it's like all the laws are against the good people. All the laws are targeting the good people that do right, and they're all supporting all the bad people who do wrong and helping them out. Like, <laughs> California is really funny now <laughs> they're spending projects. Yeah. But, well, you know, that's hurting you, all of the good people. You just open up a whole year's worth of shows. Um, this is a fascinating <laughs> topic. No, I'm serious. Uh, this is something I think we can uh, we can delve into. And I'm expecting Josie to join us at any time here because um, we're top of the hour. But think about that. You just you just raised a huge, uh, I think, a hugely important issue, and that is when did we change from laws protecting good people uh, and uh, and you know limiting criminals' ability to affect our, our our lives, our property, and our rights, and switch it to you know, now that uh, the government's now in control of the good people by taking away our lives, our property, and our rights and rewarding the criminals. That is a fascinating point. And it, it's only recently this has happened. This is, a, this is, a, this is quite a recent change. But um, yeah, I think you're really onto yeah. something. I think, I think this is well worth pursuing. Tell me about California. Then I got Josie in the line. I'm going to bring her on. And, uh, again, you're welcome to stick around um, as always. I know some of, like, the newer things – um, uh-huh. One of the really like hilarious things that I actually didn't know about before, and I just I think it's hilarious. So they're getting rid of jaywalking. The reason they're getting rid of jaywalking is because it is discriminatory against those who break the law. <laughs> yeah, I have they to tell you. They didn't put it like that. They didn't say break the law, but you know. Just, you know, that's kind of the point we're at here. That, I mean, if that doesn't provide enough proof, but, you know. Um. No, it does. <laughs> this, this is hysterical. I'll, I'll tell you the story another time. The only time I ever, the, the one time I ended up in, in a court before an administrative uh, traffic judge uh, in California was a jaywalking ticket. <laughs> and it was hysterical because it, it eventually turned into a bench warrant for my arrest. For jaywalking. And, and, and mm-hmm. the cop at the time said, oh, this is hysterical. Oh, Josie was listening to this. This would be great. So the cop, this is Oakland, California, right? So, so the, the cop at the time says, well, it's not a moving violation. Uh, I said, well, it, I don't see any fine. Well, it's not a fine. You just just read, read the ticket. Okay, I read the ticket. Well, what I didn't know was there was a backside to it. And on the backside was a little note to call this number and to find out what my, my fine or penalty or what I was supposed to do was. So I didn't worry about it. I said, I don't see anything here. Okay, fine. He says, not a moving violation. I said, of course. I said, of course, it's not a moving violation. I'm not moving. I'm walking. <laughs> Cop didn't think I was funny, uh, but I got jaywalking. It was a Sunday morning. Nobody's around for miles around. The, court, the cop was bored, right? So I know exactly where it was. I'm not going to say the place, but uh, uh, it was a nice area of Oakland. Anyway, so about two years later, <laughs> I found out there's a bench warrant for my arrest. And, and uh, you know, Officer Crumkey, you know, for the park police, which is like the wannabe cops, you know, down by uh, Ocean Beach, um, pulled me over for making an illegal left turn for a place that, that it was legal to make a left turn like the day before. You know, they just put up a new sign. So Officer, uh, you know, uh, Crumkey's right there you know, waiting to grab people. Uh, anyway, so it was kind of funny. I'll tell you that, the whole story later. Let me play Josie's theme, and uh, let's, get, let's bring her into the conversation. But, uh, yeah, the, the law is, is an amazing uh, thing for, for how it works, for whom it works, and for whom it doesn't. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. 
Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border. From personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Yeah, so what do you think of Brianna's comment before we get going that, uh, that we've had a change in the <laughs> well, laws? Good I think she sounded good morning. I think she summed it up perfectly that uh, we've gone from a place where, you know, the, the laws used to protect the, the rights, the property and the lives and now, you know, of the good people. And now we switched it around where they protect the, the lives, the property and the, uh, the criminal aspirations of the bad people. It's, it's really a fascinating yeah. reversal. It's all about power and control. Everything mm-hmm. slowly but surely it's happening to America. So yeah. it's, uh, it's sad in every aspect that you see our government dictating, uh, like jaywalking, uh, breathing air, they want you to be locked up. I mean, things like this is so stupid. Yeah, everything's a crime. Want you... yeah, everything's yeah. a crime now. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's communism, right? And this is what communists the... do. The, everything becomes a crime, so you're, everybody's guilty of something, you know, regardless of whatever it is. I, I just got back from uh, Savannah, Georgia. We spent the, the uh, New Year's there. Uh-huh. So many people are still wearing the mask outside, outside what? in the streets. Like, What's wrong? What this is this Georgia. Is well, they they almost yeah. voted for Stacey Abrams, so there's no accounting for taste. Exactly. They they, they kept Brian exactly. Kemp. They voted for Raphael Warnock. I mean, I don't have much faith in Georgia anymore. They're they're voting for communists. No, they're radicals. <sighs> because Mask a lot wearing. of radicals from New York and New Jersey, California has moved over there to change it. That's what's going on. There's a lot of young people in those colleges, I tell you. Radical. Radical radical. Now, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, because we got Brianna still on the line, too. Brianna, do you find that that uh, a lot of the, the, the most radical people are younger, are younger folks? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. This upcoming generation. And one of the things I've heard about that, like, and the reason of it is that America – the lack of problems that we have and the, and the like amazing amount of you know prosperity and peace that people have and of course we're not perfect but you know that's kind of impossible those are impossible expectations but I've heard that people are like understanding that the reason that it's such a wide thing especially in the younger generations is because there's a need to create a problem there's a need to create this um, victimization in them um, and that's really, really common in every aspect of the leftist movement. Hmm. Jesse? You know, um, I remember, and this is part of my topic today, uh, Ukraine. I remember in 2010 when I was in the Ukraine, I've been doing missions for 20 years in the Ukraine. But in 2010, I was talking to some young kids, and they were begging for communists to come back because they haven't been through the through the storms and tribulations that their grandparents and the parents went through. Grandparents, I should say, actually. And they they were begging for communists. And I had a talk with uh, three or four kids about it and share my experience that I that I lived as a young 15-year-old girl through communists. Uh, but what we're going through right now in this country, we're in World War Three 
with bioweapon vaccines. They don't even have to pull the trigger to kill Americans. Our own government is doing it to us, and we need to wake up. And right now, this young man that collapsed yesterday in the field is going to wake up a lot of people. And you know, Greg, he's already intubated. Yeah. He's yeah, I was covering that this morning. He's under the ventilator. He's not yeah, going to be dead. He's going to be dead. I posted a bunch of stuff on that yeah. last night. Um, um, Brianna, I want you to take up that topic next week. You're talking about younger folks with creating problems. I think it was a fascinating yeah. comment. Uh, that's well worth exploring again. So, uh, so let's do that. But to Josie's point, um, uh, as to uh, you know what's going on, uh, begging for communism. You know, is it be, Josie? Do you think that's because it was familiar? It was an imagined better time. They just don't know about the gulags and the and the you know the other horrors of communism, they don't the know. starvation. Okay, I mean, Ukraine was starved. They don't know. Oh, six, they what, really, six to ten million Ukrainians really were starved know. to death. Yeah. Yeah, they really don't know, Greg, because, you know, uh-huh. I lived through communists and suffered very bad in Chile, South America, and guess uh-huh. what happened? The young, stupid generation, they just elected. But you know what? We did not know that our government is behind all this corruption with the voting machines, but uh-huh. they just elected a communist president in Chile, and so is in Colombia, in Mexico, in all these countries. Our government is behind this whole thing. They're yeah, the leaders, like Brazil. Yeah, yeah, our Brazil. Bidens are involved in, in Obama. Yeah. So well, no, this is... The most this common... Is, go ahead, Brianna. Go ahead. The most common thing that I've like heard in regards to what Josie's talking about is... I mean, she's absolutely correct. People are saying, oh, well, that's not really how it is. You know, that's not really socialism. That's not really communism, you know. Um, Like, I think they have the best idea of what it is. And um, I think even further on to that, um, you know, the big push towards it, because they really don't understand what it is. Um, They have this kind of, like, dream world of a utopia for them as an individual, and what they don't understand is the reality of the dystopia it would be for the individual. Um, and, yep. I, I mean, Josie hit it on the spot when they just don't know. They just don't understand. They're not educated in, in what it truly is and the cost. And, and you know, Greg, now mm-hmm. I can see a lot of, even one of my family members, uh, he was just sent to Russia last year, Um I just found out, actually, but he's been gone for a year. One of my cousins, I'm like, what? Uh, they forced him to go to Russia. And, and this kid, is, he's not that type of kid. He's never been involved with the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And all the young people in the 80s bringing the Sandinistas in, and our government was behind this whole thing, actually, giving them weapons to the Sandinistas to get Somoza out. Uh, and they acted like if they didn't, but they did. Uh, so now these this, uh, young kids in the 80s, now that they're older, they're desperate to get the dictator, communist, uh, Daniel Ortega, and his wife and children out of our country. But you know what? You don't have no say-so in Nicaragua because some of the people running against him, they were arrested, put in prison, and tortured, and you don't know nothing about it. So there's nobody running against him no more. That's it. He's done with any other elections in Nicaragua. And in the Ukraine, uh, the corruption uh, Ukrainian has 
allow slowly but surely the neo-Nazis to sit in slowly but surely. And like I said, I remember in 2010 talking to kids because they were they were getting the high schoolers because that's the main thing through communists. They reached the high school kids, or even younger, and the college kids in the Ukraine, and uh, convincing them that communists is the best way, that they can have all the free things and all that. And that's why they convinced the whole poor neighborhood in, in my neighborhood in Nicaragua. Oh, they were going to get free this, free this. They're going to take everything that the rich, uh, they're going to kill or get out. We're going to get all the cars and houses and supermarkets and everything. And it was all a lie. Uh, a lot of young kids, most of the young kids that I grew up with, they're dead during the war of Sandinista with Somoza. They they kill all of them. Some of my cousins, I don't even want to discuss how they were murdered, but it was horrible, horrible. Some of my cousins were mutilated. <clears throat> the only way my aunt, my my aunt and uncle found out I was a kid is because the clothes he was wearing that day. But a lot of our young kids suffer. And a couple of years ago, what, three years ago, when less, they were protesting in the street, and in one shot, they shot about 300 uh, young college kids, and they don't care. And they brought snipers from Cuba. I remember we were sharing at that right? Mm-hmm. I remember that, and, yeah. Uh, this whole thing, uh, it's power and control and communism does not work at all. And for the young listeners in America, it's all a lie. I lived through it. I've seen it. But what we're going through in the United States is not communist. It's World War III with bioweapon uh, engineering uh, vaccines. That's what's going on. And we believe that they were released from Ukraine, all of this. That's what they have, the bioweapons in Ukraine. But uh, Putin is reserving 11 bioweapon labs to show the world what's exactly been going on for years in the Ukraine. And I hope it's coming out soon. Can hardly wait to show the world the truth about the Democrats. And they do have bioweapon labs, over 300 and something labs throughout the world. I think the most were in the Ukraine, uh, Thailand, Philippines, uh, and, and Taiwan, they have some too. So about 300 is quite a bit. 300 but uh well, I, the american the american people have been blinded for years they they don't have a clue what's going on yes yeah, i just posted something uh, on the uh, the ukrainian nazis uh in our special investigations group uh, i think yesterday the day before so there's this you know, we're calling the azov brigade uh for quite a while but this is so critical for for brianna a to be on the and B, to share this with as many young folks as possible. And this is why we need Patriot Academy and we need to get through because if anybody has this, this you know, very strange belief that it's somehow you know, acceptable to have communism, that you're going to get all these wonderful benefits and you'll be taken care of and you'll be secure and the government will look after you and they'll, they'll, they'll you know, help you with your, your health and, uh, you know, and your education and everything else like that. Oh, it's a video. Okay, I got to cancel it. You know, they'll be on. Yeah, I got to get rid of that. Okay, anyway. Um, you guys might have heard, but I did it in my ears. Um, but uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that's out there. And this is why it's so critical to, to, to do this. And the question that I was thinking of when both Josie and Brianna were talking is that when, when Brianna brought up the point that we've gone from control of the criminals in the criminal justice system to, to control of the rights and property of us, you know, honest, decent, you know, hardworking folks, uh, same thing's happened with the United States. 
it used to be where we had to stop communism overseas. That's allegedly why we went to you know Vietnam and, and, and Korea, the domino theory. And now, as, as Josie's pointed out, especially in Ukraine and other places, we're making sure communism succeeds. You know, by overturning, you know, they, they tried overturning uh, the Israeli election. Good thing uh, Bibi Netanyahu's back in power there. But, uh, you know, Canada, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Justin Castro, as Josie calls him, which is kind of funny. But you've got these other folks that are all yeah, graduates of... Uh, yeah, Castro. Okay, that, that's kind of interesting. But the point is, it's, it's the reverse domino theory. We are now causing the countries to be communists. I mean, the whole Ukraine war is a U.S.-funded you know, and created war. Without us, there'd be no, NATO wouldn't be there. NATO wouldn't have the money to go there. Uh, you know, Europe's too interested absolutely. in, you know, drinking wine and sitting around. Uh, so they wouldn't have gone to, to Ukraine. It's us. So just, uh, I'm interested in yeah. both of your opinions on, on Ukraine as how much of this is, U, is U.S. created. And have we, have we moved from both situations of rewarding the criminals instead of the law-abiding and, and, not, not fighting, and going from fighting communism to creating communism? wants that one and you know Jessica first yeah. and, Greg, to Brianna. and you mm-hmm. know um I, I wanted to continue because I got a little bit uh, this oh, morning to yeah, talk about yeah no feel free. Uh, in September 2004 uh Viktor Yusensko uh former president of the Ukraine they tried to murder him but they didn't succeed so they hmm. poisoned him with dioxin and his face was disfigurated and uh, his intestines uh, were trash uh, with this toxic uh, dioxin. It was mm-hmm. seriously injured. And then they impeached him and got him out. But, you know, Greg, that was the beginning of uh, Obama and the crooked Biden and Clinton because they've been money laundering, drugs, trafficking, uh, uh, children, uh, weapons. You name it, all these bioweapon uh, viruses that they've been creating in those labs, that's what Putin is going to show the world, actually. They've been working on this slowly but surely. Uh, and in uh, uh, 2014, uh, Ukraine uh, was taken over by uh, Russia, Crimea area, because mm-hmm. the Ukrainian people were desperate the way they were being treated and tortured. And, but see, a lot of people don't know all this stuff. So the people in that area were desperate for Russia to come and take over. But, a lot, you know, it's like they hide all the truth. The media's been in it for a long time. Uh, but slowly but surely, they've been seeping in. And uh, the Obamas, the Bidens, the Clintons, uh, since 20, 2004, 2014. Uh, but they impeached the former president of the Ukraine. And then they put another president. And I remember in 2011 when I was in the Ukraine, the, all the streets and everything was a big deal because they arrested a, a prime minister, Julia Tomoshensko, uh, was placed in jail for two and a half years. Uh, right now she's singing a different tune because if not she'll be tortured. Uh, but this lady, she wanted to expose what happened with the uh, poison that they gave the the ex-president and all that, and, and she was going to run the country, and they put her in jail instead. And I remember a lot of the young Ukrainians uh, that I stayed with, they were, like, crying and praying for her, and I didn't know what was going on too much at the time, you know. 
But this corruption in the Ukraine, it's all well organized by our government, uh, probably like 80 90%. And so is in a lot of countries that it's happening right now, like Brazil. This is well organized by Obama, the Biden, Bill Gates, Soros. All these people are deeply involved. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in Brazil right now. If they're going to allow the corruption to go through in order to have evidence like what's happening in Arizona, they swore in that criminal one uh, to to say that, yes, you went all the way through stealing the election and you were even confirmed. But they're all going to be arrested. I guarantee you that. And my, yeah. mark my words. It will happen. It will happen. And I'm well, impatient about, about it. Yeah, I want to talk about Brazil a bit more. Yeah. I just want to jump in for a second here with uh, with Brianna, um, because you know everything that Josie's described, I'm absolutely agree with. It is so corrupt, it's so horrible. But you're in a government class yeah. right now. Uh, Brianna's in this government class. We've, we've been over some of it on the air talking about the judiciary, which I think is totally wrong. Um, you listen to what we talk about here, Brianna. Yeah. And you know you have a, a totally contrary view. You know, legislative, executive, judicial. You know, how does this how does this sit in your brain? All the stuff that Josie is reporting versus what your your school teaching? Um, I will have to talk about that um, next week. Um, I'm sorry, JC, okay. but I'm having to go now. Um, today I'm going back to school. Um. Okay, we'll talk more next week. Well, just listen to the uh, podcast today about what we've been talking about, and you might be able to share with some of your friends. Just go to that part, you know. Uh, because uh, the young generation in America are clueless about communists. They only know about it for what they hear, but I have experienced it and lived through it, and it's ugly. <clears throat> but you have a blessed day. Definitely will. Did a good job. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brianna. We'll you talk too. to you next week. Yeah. Bye. And and. Bye-bye. And, you know, Greg, uh, mm-hmm. the president from the Ukraine, uh, <clears throat> he was poisoned uh, after, I guess, he was having dinner with his own Ukrainian leaders at that mm-hmm. time. And they pointed and accused Russia, but it was not Russia. It was our government. Our government, it's all going to be released one day. Uh, our government is been in, in bed with the Ukrainian government and all this corruption. They tried to get that president killed, and the agenda was to put this Zelensky guy by uh, our government. And uh, this, they have never had well, a stripper. Go ahead. I say, how far back does this go? No, oh yeah, he was a comedian. Yeah, the, Way the comedian back. stripper. You play the play the piano with his. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I saw that video yeah. clip. But what's interesting is that you know I remember watching the impeachment here. And they kept talking about Ukraine, and they had this guy Vindman, who was lieutenant colonel, and they had the the secretary of state, you know, for Ukraine. And Ukraine kept coming up, and they were using that against Trump. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, what, what is this country? You know, I mean, I heard of them. I knew about the the starvations. I knew about the the Soviet, you know, uh, ruining of the yeah. grain and the collective farms and everything else. So I knew that history. I also knew about Eastern Europe, how they were totally devastated by the Nazis in World War II. You know, so I knew a bit about yeah. the history. But all of a sudden, uh, Ukraine kept popping up. I said, why does this country keep popping up? How about this Vindman guy who is a Ukrainian, 
right? Um, and uh, you know, and he he could have been the secretary secretary of defense of Ukraine. Well, how could he do that and be in the American military as like a lieutenant colonel? Something wasn't right, you know. So I'm looking at this, and, and now we hear about the money laundering and everything else. But my my question is, how did we get? How did the corrupt forces and who were they? When did we first get involved in the Ukraine? Was this a post-World War II thing? Were there connections with uh, the – because our, our CIA, you know, a lot of Nazis ended up uh, in our CIA and a lot of the German rocket engineers ended up, you know, in our NASA program. That's how we got to the moon. You know, so it's interesting that uh, – but where is that connection? And, and is there, is there a, a Nazi-U.S.-Ukrainian yeah. connection going back to World War II? I'm just curious. I don't know how far it goes because eh, I didn't care too much about it, even though my ex-husband, top secrecy, he used to talk a lot of crap about everything, and I thought he was full of it sometimes. <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really pay a lot of attention, and, I, and then I'm going back in my mind, gosh, I remember him talking about this and this and that, and he had an office in the Capitol, you know. Uh, he knew a lot. I hung out in the Capitol, in the Pentagon, in the State Department. I was part of that, that group, you know, and wow. when I was younger. You know people. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I okay. do. Bring yeah. them on the show. A while back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it was crazy because the, the corruption that I see, but to us was normal, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. And I didn't care too much about it until uh, before President Trump. I started learning more and more and more, and I was like, and I'm, I'm, I've been reading a lot and, and getting deeper into politics besides being mm-hmm. a missionary for Jesus Christ. You know, it's okay. You can be both. Uh, but uh, I don't know how deeply deep this goes way back, but uh, we're going to find out. It's coming up. This year, we're going to find out for sure. And I tell my husband, I can hardly wait. I, I want it to happen now, but. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, this to... is only a big year. Yeah, I know. But uh, let, me, uh, let me put your speculative thinking cap on, because I'm thinking about the fact that the, our, our government now promotes communism. You know, they promote it. They're, they're insisting on it here. We've had a Marxist coup. We, we've had our government taken over. Uh, everything that happens out of Washington is illegal. Uh, so we know that. We know that there are bioweapon right. labs and corruption in Ukraine. We know that both the Democrats yes. and the Republicans use Ukraine as a money laundering bank. Uh, I'm sure a lot of it goes on in the Cayman Islands. You know, I didn't think about this until just now. Um, Brandon went to St. Croix mm-hmm. to go uh, over over the uh, Christmas vacation. So I wonder, or St. Croix, if we were French, we'd call it St. Croix. St. Croix. St. Croix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's there? Does St. Croix have a banking industry like Grand Cayman? Probably bank. It, yeah. All right. So, so, the, so this you is. You know, Greg? Uh huh. I asked my Ukrainian friends a couple nights ago. They're not mm-hmm. getting no help at all. All this no. money is money laundering mm-hmm. for the Democrats. And yep. they pay big money to the neo-Nazis to do their corruption. Uh, all the uh, blowing of the uh, bridges and rockets and all that crap, it's all being done by Zelensky, all of it, all of it, including bringing snipers from Canada and started shooting people from way up top in the buildings in Kiev. Uh, innocent people, and then they're pointing the finger at Putin. But Putin is not doing this. Trust me on this one. We know it. We they got all the evidence that they're going to present. Uh, well, here's what I know from. Uh, yeah, go ahead. This corruption well, is so deep with our mm-hmm. corrupt government. Uh, George Soros is big part of it. Obama, Bill Gates is big part about all this money laundry too. 
and uh, and they use all the platforms. Why do they have to cause a war? To, to do the money laundering is that to attract as much funding because you know they, they could have they could have sent money for any reason to anywhere you know they could have made up something remember the movie wag the dog did you ever see that film robert yeah. de niro they created a mm-hmm. uh, there was a crisis in I albania cannot stand him. who robert de niro yeah. okay yeah he's, he's such a radical criminal left democrat okay but the plot of the film was interesting. Dustin it. Hoffman was in it, too. So I forget the stars because <laughs> they're all Hollywood liberals. Yeah. But the point was that the government faked a war in Albania and, uh, you know, everybody raised money for it. And uh, they had the shoes over the power lines and everybody got involved with it. And it was totally fake. The whole thing was made up, you know. And I'm wondering what yeah. kind of psychopath does it take to kill 100,000 people in Ukraine in a war or however many people have been killed just for the sake of money laundering? I mean, you've got you've to be they pretty direct. I know they don't, but they you've, don't got to, you've got to be pretty low on the lizard brain scale to be able to be so psychopathic that you can, you can use the country, destroy the country, uh, simply to raise money, to transfer money from American taxpayers, which they do anyway yeah. just by borrowing it. Yeah. Yeah, why did they have to go through this Ukraine war to do it? And it makes me wonder if these wars that were against communism, Vietnam, Korea, you know, and then, of course, against terrorism. They're all uh, well organized by our own government. All well, see, this is what all this is what I'm wondering. Has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every, no. Well, ever since World War II, this country changed in World War II. I think what Brianna's point earlier is, you know, talking about going from a, a place of protecting the rights of the law-abiding to protecting the criminals. And you and I are talking about protecting communism as opposed to protecting freedom. Uh, that there, I think World yeah. War II had an awful lot to do with with the origins of this, because that's when we came mm-hmm. out of the of uh, of the you know of the war with the factories and the military. Everybody else was destroyed. Japan was destroyed, Germany was mm-hmm. destroyed, Russia was destroyed. You know, all the major players yeah. in, the, in the England, France, they're all wrecks, right? There's only one country that emerged from World War II better than when it went in. That was us. And yeah. so because of that, a lot of things were established. Yeah, go ahead. What are you thinking? If you pay attention carefully, mm-hmm. did we try to have a war or anything during Trump? Heck no. But as soon as a, a Democrat gets in office, they're talking about war. We're going to well, war. Yeah, because and, that's uh, what they want. Yeah. All well, of the so now, wars now this, in the United States, Greg, mm-hmm. all the wars have been well organized by our own government. The the nine eleven towers were not down by our government. Not a plane Which, hit the Pentagon, it's a lie. It was a yeah. rocket, a very low rocket that hit it. I was in the Pentagon uh when they were remodeling the whole thing. One of our friends brought us in and she kinda secretly told us what really happened. They could not talk about it. Yeah. This is all, so those are the, all those are the two we need on the show. And, <laughs> yeah. So now and you, millions so, and millions got disappear from the Pentagon because Obama stole all that money. Oh yeah. Well, they they <laughs> they are they're a billion several billion short every every year from the audits that they they can, well ten billion dollars where to go well, I don't know you know so here's the question yeah, so, so for nine eleven so with nine eleven. Uh, it looks like those airliners hit the buildings. Is there any evidence that those weren't air, that they actually faked that those the buildings were not hit by airliners and those people are somehow, you know, silenced and paid off or something? Or do you believe that the, that the airplanes actually flew into the towers? I don't think they did. I think okay. it's all all made up, and the and the towers were uh, blowing up from the bottom, like what they did to that building in Miami. That I was there the very next day, seeing it. Uh, seeing the explosion and everything, and everybody's talking about it. news from everywhere. Were there the, the one that allegedly uh, was, collapsed? 
Yeah, it, it looked like it collapsed kind of funny up. straight down. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't believe yeah. that garbage. Yeah. No, they were, they were blown up from the bottom, sweetie. And then they paid top dollars to a judge in Miami so they can bring the building down quicker within three, four days, whenever that was. Yeah, uh, I, 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 uh, they always bury their handiwork. You know, Waco. Remember Waco, Texas? Exactly. Yeah, Waco, yep. Texas, where they, they killed all the people, killed the Branch Davidians, gas burned, and then bulldozed them immediately into the ground so that we would heal. Exactly. I didn't and have to heal. I wanted an investigation. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma yep, the Murrah building. was done by our own government. Yes. Yep. Look, it's like this. All the shootings, all the bombings, everything that has been going on, it's been well organized by top secret CIA, FBI, our corrupt government, including some Republicans, which they'll be arrested and people are going to be in shock who they are, but they're not telling us who. They say you're well, going to be in shock. Here's, here's a question I have, and because I've looked at this and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> how much of it uh, was opportunity and how much was by design? So in other words, did, uh, oh, I forgot his name, uh, the, the soldier that uh, the, the allegedly blew up the Murrah building. Uh, I forgot. I forgot. His, anyway, I'll think of it in a second. But the question is, did he have a fertilizer bomb? The far, you know, it looks like he did have a fertilizer bomb, and he did take a truck there. Now, could mm-hmm. that fertilizer bomb have made that bomb pattern? Of course, the answer is no. It could oh, not. Oh, that Oklahoma you talking about? Yeah. What's his name? Who is that? The the the, 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 the uh, where was executed? Yeah, I cannot. We'll think of it in a second. Yeah. But you know who I'm talking about? Oh. Same thing with yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So ahead. same thing with with uh, with the World Trade Center. Okay. Now it, it looks very plausible that planes yeah. flew into the building. You know, that's, uh, uh, that, that seems pretty clear, um, but I don't know. I mean, because anything can be done with video and digital, you know, anything. I mean, you know, the you can take anything. The planes going by, but the explosions were happening, and people, people videotaped some of the stuff, so I don't know. So that's what we need to see is, yeah, uh, we, we should check for yeah. actual videotapes of the, of the, of the time, timestamp. So it's very possible to me. It makes sense that the airplanes did fly into the buildings in a terrorist attack. Uh, it makes sense from what Claire Lopez told us that Iran was behind it. You know, that this was an organized yep. Iranian terrorist event. I believe that. Without uh, I, I do not believe that those airplanes brought those buildings down. No. That's the part it's that possible. doesn't make sense. Right. So, and because they explain you know, all the steel melting and the fires. Gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. When a building is going to collapse, like the one in Miami, it's going to go sideways. This thing is like, shoom, perfectly organized, going down. Yeah. Like when they remove a building, mm-hmm. they not disturb other buildings in the area. They they mm-hmm. know how to do it and they bring it all the way down straight down, mm-hmm. not so, because if the towers yeah. would have fall like leaning to the left or the right forward or back, that would have been tragic to so many people in that area. In oh, the, the whole city blocks, and so the whole city blocks like would have been taken out. Yeah, exactly. And so that's so. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances? that two towers being hit by airplanes, let's just assume the airplanes are, are true, would both collapse vertically and not damage anything else in the area. What are the chances? Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. me, that's, you know, the, the odds of that happening are impossible. And what are the chances that a building that was not hit by an airplane would also collapse? Number seven. Yeah. Okay. All well organized. So, so you separate mm-hmm. these things together. Now the question is, okay, this is, and this is a legitimate question, I think, is how much of this, did they know about and they capitalized on? In other words, don't let a crisis go to waste. So if you know terrorists want to fly airplanes into the buildings, the proper thing to do, of course, is arrest the terrorists and uh, throw them in, in Gitmo, throw them in Guantanamo. But they didn't do that. Okay. So the FBI mm-hmm. knew about it because there were a bunch of flight instructors. You know, uh, they did. I, I was instructing before this time, but I would have reported these people. Uh, reporting the, the flight instructors were reporting students wanted to learn how to fly airplanes but not land. That's not normal. 
<laughs> okay, uh, especially they all happen to be Middle Eastern. <laughs> That's not normal either. You know that what all of a sudden a bunch of Middle Eastern guys you know are coming here uh, and and want to learn how to fly and they don't want to land. That's impossible That's cool. too. <laughs> Unless there's something. So all these. Yeah. So you look at the impossibles. You it just logic and reason solve so many issues. So then, so then what it gets back to is the original question, and the question is: Is the United States actually promoting communism? So here's I don't think, I've never looked at it this way before, but this is this is the fun of doing this show. Could the Vietnam War and the Korean War have been not to stop communism but to guarantee it? Probably. See, yeah. we don't know. I mean, this, 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 we got to, we got to talk about this a bit because we know that 1945 Korea was split into two countries. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Why would you split there a country were, after the war? Some, some of the people that I talked to, they were even talking about Normandy. What uh-huh. happened there was well organized by our own government. Yeah. Normandy. Yeah, yeah, What the the yeah. the D-Day landing or what? No, the killing in Hawaii. Can I think of the name here for a second? <clears throat> all the all the deaths in America that happened. Gosh, I cannot think of the name right now. Um, That's okay. D Day, yeah, you know. Normandy. Yeah. Well, there was D- the D Day invasion was uh, yeah June sixth, nineteen forty four. So that was, but that yeah. that was uh, that was the invasion of Europe. That's that's well, that's the big reason that Germany was defeated was D Day. And the invasion on on the Western Front, and of course, and what about the, main the island reason, in Hawaii? I cannot think. Oh, island gosh. in Hawaii that was my, bombed. My, my. Oh, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, Pearl right? Harbor. Oahu. There yeah, okay, you. so that I, was well right. organized by our own government. Well, we talked about that on the show. You know, I, I've covered that a few times. Uh, talked to Dr. Pry. Did not believe that we knew. Yeah. Uh, Pianki, when he, we talked about this with him when he was on the show, uh, calling on on that day, and he didn't believe it either. I do. I think the evidence is very clear that our government knew. Uh, and they specifically, that's why they sent the carriers out, because they knew the carriers were going to be necessary to win the war. Well, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense that you send all the three carriers out and you leave behind a bunch of World War I battleships that you didn't intend to use anyway. Yep. So, so you start putting this stuff together and you think, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, start looking at the details. Everything's in the details. So if you want to, so, so let's, let's imagine that we have a government that is a, a pro-communist American government, that something's changed. You know, after the Constitution, right. the founders, the judiciary had a view and they, they, they became, you know, judicial tyrants. Uh, the Congress became bought and paid for. The presidents became power-hungry, mad people, and they became part of the League of Nations. Remember the League of Nations, 1920, Woodrow Wilson. So the, the mm-hmm. worst years in American history, uh, the worst year in American history, I think, was 1913. The second worst was 1803 uh, with the uh, Marbury versus Madison. This is political. I'm not talking about war. Civil war was obviously the worst thing that ever happened to us. But in, terms yeah. of, but in terms of politics, the worst okay. times was 1803, Marbury versus Madison. The Supreme Court declares that they have powers that they were, they were not given in the Constitution, and they've screwed our lives up ever since. And the second one um, is, the, is 1913, where we got the Federal Reserve Act. We got uh, the okay. income tax, and the senators were not elected by the states anymore. So those three things okay. ruined this country. So my question is, if you wanted to be communist, the first thing you would do would be to stop senators from being elected by the states. You put it to the people because, you know, you can buy the people. Right? And, then that, that's, so. that's, and that's what happens. So the second thing you would You're do right. is you take the money, you take the money out of being U.S. You know, trade bills and you make them Federal Reserve notes owned by a private bank. That's the next thing you do. And the third thing you would do if you wanted to destroy the country is have people pay taxes directly to the federal government where the government could extract at will, you know, money from the people as opposed to going through the state. So there's no buffer between the, the federal government and the people anymore. The states were that buffer. 
taxes were apportioned. They were you paid your tax to the state, and the state paid the federal government. See, that's the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. So now, so and since you know, 19. Tax- Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Well, 1913 is the year before World War One started. World War One started in 1914. You know, so it's just a, it's a little sequence for people who want to just get history in your brain. Titanic was 1912. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve and Act. And that was well organized. The Titanic was well organized for insurance money too. Well, see, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I've heard a lot of things on the Titanic. You know, this is a, this is fun tracing this history. Yeah, it, it never stops. Yeah, the same, same things happen, right? So the Titanic apparently had a fire on board. Apparently, it was built mm-hmm. badly. Uh, you know, and every other ship is avoiding icebergs, and this one, the, the the greatest luxury liner ever built, all of a sudden runs into an iceberg, and nobody else does. No, that seems a little strange. No, you know, you know. I mean, and the, they the were talking about yeah. that they bought insurance prior to that <laughs> big, big insurance back in those days. That was a mm-hmm. lot of money. And the yeah, same well, the thing wife, with the towers yeah. in New York City, mm-hmm. six months prior to the to the towers collapsing, uh, mm-hmm. you mean on purpose, bombing them, uh, mm-hmm. this guy uh, got heavy-duty insurance with two different companies. A lot so you're supposed to do that before the building's built. <laughs> you're supposed to get your insurance. And how, well, here's, here's a little irony for you. I mean, I stood at the top of the World Trade Centers. I was up there on the rooftop uh, back when I was in high school. Okay. We had a ban exchange to New York. And oh, so, so, I'll, I'll, so when, when those at things went down... I enjoyed to see yeah, I just thank God that it didn't happen on that day. <laughs> you know, the day that I was up there. You know, because I mean, I've been in a lot of places where we. You know, I used to, I drove on the I used to drive under the freeway in San Francisco where that collapsed during the earthquake, uh-huh. and I wasn't yep. there that day because wow. I was in flight school that day. And the reason I wasn't under it like I always was every other day that year was because my the airplane the only airplane I could use was down for maintenance. So they called me in the morning and said, "Don't come in." Mm-hmm. So I didn't. So oh. instead of driving under wow. the freeway that collapsed in the San Francisco earthquake, I was home playing guitar. So that's 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 God blessed event. I'll tell you right now. So because I should have been there, I was every other day. And you know what uh, I heard? Uh-huh. You know what I heard about a lot of this earthquake in California and different big cities like that? Mm-hmm. It's because our government has has have humongous machine to to start digging underground. They've been doing this for a long time. It's no, like I don't a whole new it. city underground. Yeah. No, yeah, I've, I've studied. I've, well, no, I've studied the earthquakes. I used to, like I said, I spent 30 years in San Francisco. You know, I, I look very much into the USGS, the United States Geological Survey. They have surveying points. They have things. I've seen the San Andreas Fault. I've seen it in many different places. And these, the epicenters of these earthquakes are hundreds of miles underground. And well, these things start a long way down. I've seen, mm-hmm. According to some of the stuff, people think it's an earthquake, and it's those huge machines digging underground. Yeah. I don't buy it. I don't uh, buy it. Uh, yeah. I don't buy that one. Like I say, uh, you know, that doesn't that doesn't pass the filter yet, um, because I was in the San Francisco earthquake, <laughs> and so I, I I remember it really clearly. Okay, there's no way you could move that much, you know, of the landscape uh, and have that much devastation, you know, and have it. Uh, no, it, it ran right along the fault line. It, there's just too many things that don't make sense. I don't think I don't like like we're talking about the guillotines on the you know for FEMA. I, I don't believe that either, but. They so I gotta find out what. Yeah. yeah, but but see, this is this is where I said I I've got to draw. Find uh, the, I have to uh-huh. find the video to send it because uh, one of our military coronal, mm-hmm. coronal, he's talking about it. It's not just uh, any mm-hmm. little rinky tinky Mickey Mouse uh, news people talking about it. This is one of the military guys talking yeah. about the whole thing. So yeah, now I have so. to look at was, anyway. was Korea and Vietnam to guarantee communism not to fight it? Because it's interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So, so here's here's here. So here's history as I understand it. I'm just going to quickly scribbling down here. It's part of the problem is I write so badly during the show I can't read my own writing after the show. Um, <laughs> I'm just Korea was <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to do? So World War II ends in 1945. The UN is created in 1945. Uh, the UN is the successor to the League of Nations, which was 1920 after World War One. So 1913, all the bad acts. 14 through 18, World War One. Um, 19, uh-huh. uh, 1920, the League of Nations, the League of Nations fails, you know, World War II, you know, the, 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 in the 30s, the, the rise of, you know, Stalin, Hitler, Mao, uh, Hirohito, uh, and then the good guys, you know, Churchill, Roosevelt, uh, et cetera. I don't know who the French person was, but they weren't doing too well. Uh, so then in mm-hmm. World War II, then we have, the, so, the, so the, the, the war ends, we're victorious the United States, we, we won, everybody else lost. Um, and so we had the factories and the, and the bombs. And 1945, also the United Nations, so in San Francisco, you know, my city at the time, you know, way back when, uh, and creates the United Nations. And, and then uh, that same year, Korea splits. Well, how did that happen? Why would you split Korea, you know, after World War II? Hmm. You know, give half to Russia and half to us. Well, that guarantees a war. And of course, it happened in 1950. So the Korean War is 1950 to 1953, right? And so guess what happens in 1954? Vietnam is split. Guaranteeing a war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You know, French, you got French Indochina and you've got whatever the North was called. Mm. And the French fail and then we go in. And so the nations that we go in to save from communism is communist. I don't think that's an accident mm-hmm. now. So let's look at mm-hmm. uh, Iraq. I don't know who's running Iraq, Iraq right uh-huh. now. Iraq's a basket case, right? But look at Afghanistan. Afghanistan, you know, spent trillions of dollars, accomplished nothing, and surrendered. Mm-hmm. You know, Iraq. Mm-hmm. Went in, yeah, got rid of Saddam Hussein, but uh, I don't think I don't know how much if the country's better or worse off. But the thing was, Saddam Hussein I was believe, not going to. Go ahead. I believe our our government uh, killed uh, Saddam Hussein. Oh, what's well, the other found, guys from Libya? Wait a minute, what's the other guys Mo, from Mo, Libya? No, they killed Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi. That was that was a Hillary yeah, Clinton operation Gaddafi because. Was murdered by our government. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he objected mm-hmm. to us running guns through Benghazi to uh, ISIS Benghazi. to go uh, to go mm-hmm. after um, Saddam uh, Assad. What's his name, Assad? Osama bin Laden. No, Osama bin Laden no. was the was uh, uh, you know allegedly the person that uh, you know was the mastermind behind nine eleven. Which is, which doesn't make sense if it's an Iranian operation. He's in Iran. Yeah, the Iranians wouldn't have had. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well, see again, we haven't seen the body yet, so we don't know. Now here's where it, here's where it gets really interesting. Uh, and this is something that we should explore, is that uh, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. is now saying that John Kennedy was killed by the CIA. And I've heard bits and pieces of, of that. We knew that a think, long time ago. We knew, okay, so, but, but, all right, so there's one thing about knowing about it, and it's another thing about saying it in public. Cause some of those because people, people, might still people be don't want to believe, people don't want to believe that the CIA, FBI, about 20 CIA, FBI were involved, Nixon, mm-hmm. Bush, the old man that died, with a lot of secrets that we that they're trying to reveal everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 LBJ, LBJ was involved. So all these people organized this whole thing to murder him. And Oswald did not kill Kennedy. It was a young boy. They killed him at close range. They had like seven snipers in the buildings, and none of the snipers could. Back in those days, they were not experts, I guess. Uh, they missed. And, uh, well, it's triangular. Boy, they had multiple snipers to make sure that somebody, you know, was able to do it. And you look at the films, you know, and the different yeah. angles. 
you know, so mm-hmm. the, the, the grass, you know, the whole bit. But the point is, you know, we can go into the details of what happened. What I'm curious about, though, yeah. is the reasons, the reasons behind it. So Kennedy did not want to escalate the war in Vietnam. And so the solution at that time mm-hmm. was apparently political assassination was <laughs> something that was considered possible, was considered okay by the government. So the question is, Kennedy wanted to stop a war. Well, Trump did exactly the same thing. Trump stopped wars, too. He wouldn't let the permanent yeah. war class go to war and create another communist nation, uh, including our own. So the deep state got rid of him um, politically, you know, stole our government. And now they're trying to do exactly what they wanted to do the first time, which was, you know, make us a communist nation. So now the question is, mm-hmm. and this is something I don't know about. I don't know how much we can talk about or should talk about, but, uh, you know, attempts, uh, assassination attempts on Donald Trump. We've never explored that, but I think we Over should. Over 30 times so far. Okay, so what I need what I need for next week, and we could we can make this the show, uh, is details, anything that's out there, you know, public or speculation. They're not telling us. Okay, so no, so all right, so not. that's that in itself is a story. What they're not telling us they're is a telling. story. Mm-mm. Okay, so now I'm so now mm-hmm. I'm really curious. Okay, so if yeah. and I see John Kennedy and and uh, Donald Trump is very similar. Yeah. In terms of vision, in terms of loving this country, in terms of, and you can say well, one's a Democrat, one's a Republican, but I guarantee you that a Kennedy, a John Kennedy Democrat is every bit as much a patriot as a Donald Trump Republican. So forget the party labels. They don't lie to those two. And you know, and you know mm-hmm. Greg, I, I don't remember if it was like 76, 77, I ever heard talking uh, on the phone about JFK death, but like I said, I was 17 years old. I didn't care about a lot of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I overheard on the phone that the CIA was the one killing JFK, uh, the president. And I didn't pay much attention. I didn't care. I was kind of new in the country. I came in 1971. I didn't know much about anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my uh, adopted parents, which he became my my husband later by force, uh, he was in the CIA. Uh, he had a position in the Capitol. Yeah, they were very involved in a lot of this stuff. And he was close friend with Robert Kennedy at that time. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know folks because that know Robert, Robert Kennedy Ken- Jr. Yeah, but we, I'm going to look on some no, no, of the Robert Kennedy about, Jr. Thing. I'm Bobby not Kennedy. talking about Robert Kennedy Jr. I'm talking about right. Bob, Bobby Kennedy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he was friends with him. So that's amazing. But that's why I say, as I know people who know Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. And so that's, but, but see, I'm curious about why he is now talking about this. Because this is really interesting. You know, see, I see parallels between John Kennedy and Donald Trump. I was never a big Reagan fan. I always thought he talked a good game, but he didn't really, I mean, he believed it, but he didn't follow through on it. He didn't sign he the patriotic budget. Yeah, so he was acting. Yeah, so he just okay. never... He never convinced me. I mean, he said the right things, especially the Berlin Wall. He didn't do much. That was great. But it didn't, I there was truly, no follow through. Go ahead. Yeah, I truly believe that the real, real, true, typical patriots, American, that really, really loves this country, it's only Donald Trump out of all these presidents. True, true, true. And I know it could be fake or not, but. JFK Jr. will be our vice president. That's what we, we've been told. But I don't know if it's true or not, and I just have to wait and see. You yeah, know, like yeah see, see, the rest of us think he was killed in an and, airplane accident. So it's, we no, don't, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. 
he uh-huh. faked his death because the Clintons were were going. He found out about a plan that they were going to murder him. Yeah. And why would they do so that? So he wouldn't be president. He wanted to run for office in New York City, and the Clintons didn't want to, yeah. so they wanted to take him out. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't it doesn't yeah. it fascinate you that? Uh, all the speculations around the people that the Clintons may have killed, particularly Hillary, had, had killed. You know, oh, yeah. anybody that's about to testify against her, anybody that's about to appear in court against her, they anybody died. that's about to do anything against her, and also the dead. You know, suicide, yep. three shots to yep. the back of the head. You know, Seth yep. Rich. In fact, I just posted something on our investigations <laughs> page, which I haven't uh, checked out yet. I need to do, I need to do a Seth Rich, Seth Rich update, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so hey, he was Rick, the one who was, you know. Can I I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just have a couple little lines and I'm done with my report. And I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, nope, go ahead. <laughs> no, don't. Well, this is such so, a great chat, though. Look at all the things we discovered today just in talking. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, go ahead. I know a lot. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's why my name is not the real name on Facebook because uh, there's a lot of stuff that I know. Yeah. Uh, so the president from Ukraine at the time when he got poisoned, his face was a mess, disfigurated. And uh, his blood pressure level was more than 1,000 times than normal. They Mm. really tried to murder this guy. And then he fled the country because he knew they were after him. Uh, And then they impeached him, got him out. Uh, And then uh, uh, this Julia uh, Tymoshenko wanted uh, to to come out with the truth. And uh, she loved the president, you know, because she knew what really happened to him. Uh, with mm-hmm. the Ukrainian uh, criminal leaders, the poison, not Russia. And then in 2014, they put in place uh, this president, Petro Poroshansko. Uh They mm-hmm. didn't keep him long there. So from 2014, the Bidens, the Clintons, the Obama, uh, Bill Gates, Soros, they've all, they all been working in the labs and doing all their, their criminal uh, secretly that they've been going through for a lot of years and they chose Zelensky which never in the history before of the Ukraine they have chose somebody out of the blues it's usually a top range military from Ukraine and all that and this guy just out of the blue a stripper no good uh, druggie because he was a uh, cocaine addict uh, they chose him and he was placed by our government and that's where we at now. Plan uh, of the Democrats with Zelensky is they want to freeze to death their own people and starve them like this Ukrainian people been through in the past. Uh, so they're up to no good. And I get messages from some of my Ukrainian young uh, friends with little kids. They barely don't have money for food, so I've been sending a little bit of money to them. A hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there, but it adds up, and it's very difficult because uh, I have to send money to Cuba, Nicaragua, you know, all these places. And uh, I've been praying to the Lord to multiply the money to me. And uh, uh, but the agenda is to freeze these people, and they don't have electricity. They don't have electricity in uh, different areas in the city. They they shut down completely the the electricity. Now she was telling me they're getting a lot of wood to keep warm, and and it's very difficult for a lot of these little children. And uh, some of the young Ukrainian friends of mine, some of them are children of the pastor, 
young college. They're not even speaking to me because they think I'm crazy. They think I'm, because they're loving Zelensky because that's what the media wants you to do, love him in Hollywood. And he comes to our country to demand how much money he wants. This is all a corruption and fake in a scam. And uh, this guy is, is, is no good, no good at all. He's hurting his people. Russia has rescued so many families from being tortured and murdered by the Ukrainian soldiers with neo-Nazis in the Ukraine in different areas in the country and like in small little villages. Uh, and we're getting reports from that, from different people that I know in the area. And a lot of my friends fled to Germany and to mm-hmm. Poland already. And I keep telling this young girl, you need to get out. You need to get out. You're going to freeze to death. She says, I cannot leave my family, my mom and my dad. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with so many, so many people in the Ukraine. And now they're against all the Christian churches. And the church that we built, uh, it's probably worth like three, four million dollars now. We only spend 800000 to, you know, within 10 years that we build that church there with everybody helping over there. Uh, there's there's about 200 uh, people that my pastor allowed to come in and be in the basement because they don't have a place to go. So it's uh, – and I don't know if they're going to come and attack that church, and I've been praying so much for that not to happen, you know, because all these people are homeless. They don't have nothing. And I keep asking, are you guys getting any money? We send $50 billion with a B, and they said nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing they're getting at all. Wow. And that's my report for today. Yes. A little well, late in in... listening for all our people out there. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I've, uh, I posted a couple of things in the, uh, the special investigations page and the international page. Uh, Pravda had an article on, uh, I was just looking for it right now. I'm not, I've got it hiding here in all my mini articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pravda was talking about, uh, and Pravda, that's the Russian truth. And so if you want to check out what the, what the Russians are saying, especially about Zelensky, then that's, that's the place to do it. And so uh, here's one here. Oh, there. I found it. Okay, good. So this is Pravda. This is uh, December December 21st, so, so not the, just a few days before Christmas. Zelensky goes to USA where, for where U.S. citizenship. Where is that? Where, 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 where's the article? Special yeah. investigations. What, no, this is actually in the international. It was in, in international news group and oh. in our special investigations page. So this I is from Pravda. So this is from Pravda. This is this is Russian press, okay? And so I think uh, I we should, I should. I'm going to look more into the Russian press and see what they're saying about Zelensky because that could be really interesting. So the article, this article yeah. by Lu, uh, Lyuba Lulko. Luba Lugo says Zelensky goes to USA for U.S. citizenship, bank accounts, and property in Florida. That's fascinating. So do you know anything about that? Zelensky dropping in here for citizenship? Yes. Tell me. Uh, he, well, I don't, I'm not sure about the citizenship, but uh, the Bidens gave him billions, and he bought a huge mansion in Florida. I have to find out exactly where. Okay. I, I don't That'd know be, if it's right. Naples. Well, here's mm-hmm. what it says. Zelensky's... Out. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. Well, I want to know our origins of, of our involvement in Ukraine. You know, I'll bet you it's World War II. Betcha, betcha, betcha. Because, and I bet you it was, it was, it was Nazis that, from the Azov Brigade, the original Nazis that occupied Ukraine, um, you know, until they were defeated by the Russians. 
that they came back to the United States and brought Ukraine connections, just like our gun control came from, from Nazi Germany, too. People forget that, that uh, the 1968 Gun Control Act is the 1933 Nazi Gun Control Act, okay, brought by uh, Chris, Senator Chris Dodd's father. Um, this is from uh, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. That's my source, in case anybody's wondering. So this headline from Pravda, Russian, universe, Russian uh, English version. Zelensky goes to USA for U.S. citizenship, bank accounts, and property in Florida. Well, that makes sense. Zelensky's visit to the United States is more beneficial to Joe Biden, whereas Zelensky himself is seeking personal profit from his first trip outside Ukraine since February 24th. Gee, that's a very long time. It's time for Zelensky to think about fleeing to the United States. This is funny, right? It says, officially, Zelensky has traveled to the U.S. to ask for long-range weapons. Volodymyr Zelensky's trip to the United States was fraught with great risks. Zelensky arrived in Poland by train and then flew to Washington aboard a U.S. military aircraft. Why are we flying this guy ourselves? Why is he taking Ukrainian airlines? You know, is that part of his benefit? I don't know. No. So it's just, I don't know. Pravda says he's flying on a U.S. military aircraft, right? CNN said, with reference, Pravda's quoting CNN. That I find interesting, right? CNN said, with reference Thank to U.S. American and Ukrainian officials arranged Zelensky's trip within 10 days. Oh, my. You, you had a comment? No, but uh, hmm? I'm thinking we need to bring Laura Lowell into our show. Now oh, absolutely. Now part of... Uh, now she's part of uh, George Online uh, magazine. Uh-huh. Okay. And my cousin is my cousin is running that magazine with uh, Gene Hole and a couple of top head hunters. They were yeah, not told yeah. who. That's okay. <laughs> I need a subscription. You know, see, see if you can get me a subscription. I'd love to uh, to read it. I don't know if, I, if it's a you know That's paid or a guest one. I know. I know. I can't. Okay. You know, I'm still. I'm still a struggling entrepreneur here. Yeah. Let's see what you can see what you can do for me. You know people. So. You'll be but Laura, later. You'll see. Okay. Yeah. If you can get Laura Logan on the show, I mean, I'd love to have her on. I follow her stuff on Twitter. Let She's me brilliant. ask my cousin because I just brought her in. The, she's part of the team now. Uh, uh, okay. George Magazine. And remember well, she, Anne from uh, Ohio. I think she, she was yes. a guest uh, one yes, day. I remember her. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's the one. I got her involved now uh, with George Magazine, and she's so excited. She's reviewing all the uh, – she's doing the proof and of all the uh, the grammar and everything. Oh, wonderful. Sure everything is perfect. Yeah, she's yeah. doing that. She's so excited. And mm-hmm. her mom uh, was given rendezvous already like five, four or five times. Oh, okay no. by her brother, so she's going bye-bye. Yeah, uh, I'm so sad for my girlfriend's mom. So why did? Oh, because her the the mom's brother did her it. Her brother's a radical left communist Democrat, and uh, she's uh, he's in charge of the mom, and she don't have no say so at all, at all. Yeah, she so he killed flew, her. Yeah. So he flew to uh, uh, the area where she's at. She's from Ohio, and I think he's in California. I forgot where. And uh, she tried to stop them from Rendezvous. They have given her a couple doses, and there's no way. They say, I'm sorry, you don't have no say-so in this. Her son already approved it to continue giving her Rendezvous. So she's going to go bye-bye. That's yep. too bad. That's, yeah. It's, it's funny. That this is the problem with the leftists, and you, you can probably speak from your own experience on this, that, that if you yeah. don't agree with them, it doesn't matter if you die. They don't care. You know, So you have to prove your allegiance by taking the COVID shot or taking remdesivir or taking, it's like, you know, it gets back to the football player, which I'm going to talk about this hour, that 
you know, they, they don't care how many people are killed as long as they, uh, they comply. You know, you do what you're told. You know, you, you use the control. You wear the mask. You, you lock down. You, you, you know, you don't, you don't talk about things you're not supposed to talk about. You don't think things you're not supposed to think yeah. about. You know, and you prove your compliance by, by doing certain actions. And if you die, that's okay because the, the group, is, it's all about the group. So it doesn't matter which individuals die. If they can weed out the individuals that they don't like, um, mm. then they think they're successful. But here's the weird part. And I said this way at the beginning with the jab. I said the only people, I said, you, you, you know, you, you think it's a bioweapon against us, the rebels. No, you're killing off the compliant people. Us rebels are mm-hmm. doing fine. <laughs> We're still here. Yeah. We didn't take the jab. Yeah. You know, and so – it's the opposite of a war. You know, in a war, the, the brave die first and the cowards rebuild the country afterwards. Well, this is, mm-hmm. this is a reverse yeah. of that. This is a place where the compliant die first and the brave are going to be around to rebuild the country unless they bring in five oh, million yeah. illegals. Yeah. Well, did, did, they're going go to mm-hmm. need many of us to bury the dead, uh, Greg. There's going to be mm-hmm. so many deaths like well, before has in a cure America. For New York, have you heard that they're yeah. composting? Did you hear about New York? No, I did not. All right. This, I call this the Southern Green Bill. But on the other mm-hmm. states, the liberals are doing this. Yeah. Hochul, that's, uh, that's the, the illegitimate governor of uh, uh, the, the, the vote fraud governor of New York. Uh, what's her name? Hochul. Mm-hmm. Uh, legalizes human composting for eco-friendly aerials in New York. So this is New York Post. This is by Dean Baisamini. Uh, this is uh, December 31st, so a couple days ago. New Yorkers can now be king of the hill, top of the heap. That's from the Frank Sinatra song, right? Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation on Saturday to legalize natural organic reduction. That's what they call it. You know, it, it's the human composting. In other words, dead people become human compost, and they call it natural mm-hmm. organic re- reduction, all right? You know, and mm-hmm. I call it soil and green. This is the, do you remember the movie Soil and Green? Did you ever see that? No. Edward G. Robinson's last film. So it's a Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson. I won't tell you the plot. You've got to watch it. A very futuristic uh, film from uh, the 60s uh-huh. or 70s. Uh-huh. Anyway, it says the move makes yeah. New York the sixth state in the country to greenlight the eco-friendly burial. Okay, Here, here's how it works. Uh, it says the 60-day chemical-free compost mortem, compost mortem process include, involves putting a person's remains in a vessel with organic materials such as straw, alfalfa, or sawdust. The box is sealed and attached to an HVAC, uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning system. After a 30-day mark, the contents are screened for inorganic material, and the remaining bone is broken up and put back in. After 30 days, the contents are returned to the family. So after your, your loved one has been human composted, they give you back what's left. Isn't that special? Sure. <laughs> and, and you know, Greg, you know, Greg, uh, there was a big reason why they didn't allow families to come in the hospital rooms because of all the corruption and the fraud was going on in the rooms mm-hmm. with their loved ones, you know. So dying alone with all this vaccine, I was just thinking about that, how many people uh, die all alone uh, well, that from kills all them faster. this corruption. No, that kills them faster mm-hmm. because if you isolate people, they die faster. People have a will to live if they family that's right there with them, especially they can touch them, mm-hmm. you know, hug them, hold them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do that, you know, you can serve, people survive. You know, I guarantee you that a lot of those people died simply because they were lonely. You know, yeah, Is they Bianchi had... Uh, in vacation? Um, he hasn't called in. So that's, that's oh. okay. I mean, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's doing what... He actually sent me a bunch of stuff, so he may join us later on this hour. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 
Hmm. Yeah. Everybody because needs to break I'm going to continue listening. I'll keep you on in case I pop in, but I have to get ready. I have to open oh, that's fine. Well, my girl is going to open, but I got a lot of work since I was closed yesterday, you know? Yeah. And we've got a lot so, of stuff to talk about for, for tomorrow, for, for next week, too. All the stuff. We, listen hey, to the show today. You would have you know, loved, loved Savannah, tree hugger. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Savannah. I was telling my husband, I, I've been to so Josie and I have this running battle over whether you can uh, cut trees down oh, in your own property. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying you can do what you want with your own property, but the trees, I don't think it's yes. necessarily your property, even though they're on your property. Uh, I kind of like trees. Property. So yeah, I'm a tree hugger. I'm, I'm a conservative tree hugger. Yep, you bet. No. Have you ever tried hugging a tree? It works, by the way. No, I don't want to hug a tree. I want to okay, hug fine. a child. Okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense. You, know, you, you no. have your toothpicks and I'll have there my was- tree. We'll be fine. There were so many trees in Savannah. I could not mm-hmm. live in that city. It's bad enough here in Pensacola. Uh, what happens is a lot of the tree, uh, the oak trees are so huge, which mm-hmm. I understand if you want to keep a few here and there, but some of the some of the homes uh, eventually are going to be uprooted by the trees because those roots are so huge. The level on the trees are messed up because of all the root of the trees. It's just destroying everything. Those are useless trees. I don't care if they're 200 years old, but they're damaging a lot of the city. And there's so many. Oh, my. i never seen so many trees in my life. <laughs> i got to go there. I was like, no well, way. Speaking yeah, of Fianchi, he's it. here. So okay. let, me, let me bring him on. You guys can uh, chat well, a bit. Well, now that I'm getting off, you're coming in, huh? Well, that's okay. And then i got to take a break Happy after that. Okay, so so you got to go right now. No. Okay. Hello, Josie. Right. How are you doing? Where are you going? I have to get ready. You know, I got a job. I have to earn a living here. Not like some people are retired. <laughs> 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 All right. Happy um, New Year, Feliz Año Nuevo. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, Feliz Año Nuevo. Feliz Año Nuevo. Oh, he's gonna say. Yes, it, it is. Hopefully, it'll be a nice New Year too. Yeah. Well, we're going to okay. have a better one. Well, let me so take a little break. break. How are you doing today? Oh. I'm good. Okay. How are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing fine. We've had a fascinating day. Um, so we had Brianna, we had Josie, and we've covered a bunch of issues. Actually, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to some of the things we were talking about earlier, but uh, the idea that uh, the United States actually, you know, allegedly was fighting against communism, but might have been actually fighting for it. Uh, in some of the wars we've had, and we need to. Uh, this was this was like our sort of uh, uh, you know conspiracy day to make sense of which ones were real and which ones weren't. And so we had some it's a very interesting time. I want so to talk about the sure football player. Make sure you listen to the report. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I want to I want to talk about the football player. And Pianki actually t- texted me some stuff which I really couldn't review, obviously, because I was on the air. So Pianki, hang on a second. I want to get to you, and let's talk about uh, let's talk about. Um, let's see, I've got his name here. Uh, the NFL sure. player, please. Talk yeah, about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, De- Demo uh, Damar. I think it's Damar or Dem- Damar, Damar Hamlet. Twenty-four years. Damar, Damar Hamlet. Damar Hamlet. Yeah. Twenty-four. Well, let's talk about mm-hmm. him. So let me let me just uh, play some stuff here, and I'll be right back. In a, in a, I haven't played. I haven't taken a break yet. Okay. It's been a pretty crazy show. And then Pianchi, I want to hear everything that you know that you can tell me about this because this is this is going to be uh, the background. I think is going to be critical of this story. Thanks, Josie. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week or next time you call in. All right. There we go. Well, can hey, I hang on a, a couple seconds? Of course you can. Yeah, how long as you want. Mute. Yeah. All right. Mute, mute call back okay. anytime you want to. All right. Be right back. All right. Bye. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery? 
alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. 
please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Radio, dangerously cool. So that's going to be our only break today. So it's been uh, Tuesdays get pretty crazy on here. So it's it's nice to do, but on the other hand, it's nice to kind of like chill for a second too. Um, Pianki, uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it because this is a, a topic that uh, when it came over, you know, the news last night that uh, somebody, in fact, a friend of mine told me. Uh, it was Diane, our election integrity reporter. You know, told me that uh, a football player had collapsed on the field. Uh, and, of course, we're all thinking COVID shot immediately. And I'm convinced that's what it is. You know, I, I, then I saw the video a little bit later um, that, uh, that DeMar had been uh, tackled, but it didn't look like, you know, any worse a tackle than you see on, on any other play in, in football. Uh, and then he just, he gets up and then he just collapses right there. Then to find out he had to have CPR, you know, and uh, for 10 minutes and then went to the defibrillator and it's still in the hospital. I don't know his current condition, um, but this, this, this all, you know, it just sounds exactly like myocarditis. And then I had the, the commentary from Steve uh, Kirsch, who had Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough's commentary on it. And so they all think it's a, it's a COVID jab-induced myocarditis, heart swelling, you know, cataclysmic uh, cardiac arrest or heart attack. So that's what we're all thinking. So tell me what you know. Tell me about this person. Well, I hope that this young man comes through okay and and it's not really him it's the recent occurrences that we have witnessed that have occurred especially with athletes and they seemingly are experiencing the same symptoms that lead up to what we witnessed with him well, that's the thing. I mean, they're calling us you know, sudden death. You know, they're not dying of sudden death. They're dying of something, and that's that's what this comes. Yeah, from. that's what I'm. Yeah, and you're putting it. You're putting it very adequately. They are oh, dying. Of, I have to believe they're dying of sudden death because we haven't seen anything like this before, and mm-hmm. especially you know you're looking at people who are some of the world's greatest or the world's greatest performing athletes, especially in mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah. And I had well, a friend this died yeah, here. I had a friend this died here uh last week. He was a former Detroit Lions football player, Demetri Johnson. Oh, sorry. Wow, yeah, I remember that. And uh he had a similar problem with his heart, and I know he took the jab because he was on the radio station, and he made mention of me because <laughs> we we go back and forth, and I I put that uh, radio clip in your chat on Facebook. Yeah, I, I couldn't listen to it just because I was on the show, but I'm, I'm very curious to hear that. That would be very interesting. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, he's calling. He's he's talking to. He's done a show in Detroit on Mondays and Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays, but he did cut down on Mondays and Tuesdays. There was a caller named Larry, a local caller, to the talk show, and he was complaining to Demetrius 
about trying to encourage people to take the jab. And uh, he came up with his explanation of why and so on and so on. And I remember when they was first came out with this uh, COVID incident. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, him going to Delwood, uh, the city of Delwood, I think it was the community center, and he, he took the shots and probably did the follow-ups too. But, you know, you it, it, it's just a... It's it's just too kind of coincidental that these things are happening to people of this caliber. Now, of course, when I it was people in the common society that have all sort of illnesses and comorbid, then we could uh, understand it. But it's just unusual. And he's not the only, these two are not the only one. It seems like it's somebody every day. And you know what I'm thinking. Yeah, but not on national television <laughs> or worldwide television. See, this is the difference. This is what yeah. makes this so and significant. It seems like it's taken about it take a little yeah. while before this whatever it is that's developing to cause this, it takes maybe about what, a year, two years or something of that nature. And there's a lot of clips of people standing up perfectly doing something, all of a sudden they just kill over. Boom. So yeah, stand-up fun. comedians, newscasters, and the thing is, it, it's see, we live in a technological age where so much of this is captured on TV, and the National Football League. I, you know, I, I can't say I, I can't say I was waiting for this, but I, I was sort of expected that you know when the soccer players started collapsing and dying, because that's a very that's a highly intensive cardio sport, uh, soccer, basketball, uh, things like that, where they're running up and down a lot. Those are the sports that are being affected first. Football is not as intense, you know, long-term. It's very intense for short plays, but you've got offensive and defensive teams and special teams and all kinds of other things. So the amount of time that a football player is actually playing, you know, isn't that great. I expect more problems in practice, actually, with, with, with football. Um, but to the fact that this happened on national TV, you know, it was uh, a Monday night football game, I'm, I'm guessing. So we're talking national, and, of course, you know, American football is popular worldwide. I think there's a big Russian audience for American football. There are different places in Europe that, that like our football. So this is, world, this is worldwide coverage. I mean, the Sun, the British press, was the first one to cover this. That's the, the first article I found. And I post that in our international news group. I'm like, wait a minute. Actually, Diane told me. And then I started looking around for news stories. And I got them as they came in. And then, of course, the last one from uh, Steve Kirsch uh, with the, uh, the text from uh, Peter McCullough, who, who is convinced that this is a COVID jab, uh, myocarditis, followed by a massive heart attack. So let's do what we do best. Let's take what we know and see if we can figure this out. So we know this man's 24. We know he was a world-class athlete. We know that the NFL does health checks on a regular basis. We know that most things with the heart don't just suddenly pop up. Now, I had open heart surgery for a, a valve, but they'd known I had a heart murmur for 40 years before that. Not quite 40, maybe 35 years. So it's not like this was an unknown condition. But it got to the point where, where something had to be done about it, you know. And so had it not gotten to that point, I wouldn't have done anything about it. But I did. And here I am. Um, and so, so prevention is, is, is essential. But they knew about it. And they were monitoring it, you know, slowly over time. So I can't imagine that a 24-year-old NFL world-class athlete could get into the NFL without massive health checks, cardio, stress, EKGs, EEGs, MRIs, all those different things to go every inch, to map every inch of his heart and make sure that he's going to be okay. And then to have him suddenly die of a heart attack, that doesn't make any sense to me. Let's pick it up there. 
Well, you know, you just brought up some very good points right there. Oh, thank you. Because I know for sure that they do do that, even at the college level. Okay. Uh, one year, one year uh, my grandson visited University of Missouri in Columbia mm-hmm. for a uh, baseball camp. And at the time, uh, they also let us tour the rest of the facility there in athletics. And they talk about how when a new athlete comes on board, they do take them through all these tests and measurements just in case they get hurt that the mm-hmm. rehabilitation would get them back to either at the level that they were or better. So you're absolutely right. They do test these players. And matter of fact, it has been joking since there's so many black players in the NFL mm-hmm. that uh, they strip them down to their shorts and look at their bodies, <laughs> just like they be a slave. <laughs> just like prisoners? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. You know, I mean, there are more black NFL players than there are more white swimmers. You know, I, who knows? You know, it's just it's a, that's, that's how life is, apparently. Uh, but this is fascinating to me that given all the tests that they would do, because those players represent a sizable investment. Yes, they generate a ton of money, but you've got to invest in those players. You've got to scout them. You've got to find them. You've got to make sure they're healthy. You've got to make sure they, they're going to help the team. They have to, uh, they, they're going to travel with the team. They're going to stay in the hotels with the, the team. You know, the, there's the locker rooms, there's the, uh, the facilities, the stadiums themselves. There's a lot of expense that goes into the NFL. Players are probably the biggest expense. They're also the biggest generator of money. But you're not going to risk your investment if someone has a heart problem. They wouldn't be on the team, right? No, you're not. If someone got a heart problem, they got a bone that didn't grow correctly or anything else of that, uh, yeah. of that nature. Yeah. And See, that's why like I never I be a professional before, athlete. Of, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we're, like I said before, and it always usually do finally surface. We're looking mm-hmm. at top-notch, world-class athletes, and right. all of a sudden they're just killing over for no apparent reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And saying sudden death other doesn't than, cover it. That doesn't pass the test. Other that doesn't pass the logic test. They've yeah. had those jabs. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've had those jabs. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look at, at sudden deaths because athletes have died suddenly. There are athletes with, with you know, occasionally bad hearts, but it's extremely rare. And I'm talking extremely rare the athlete will get to the point of being a major competitor, either at the Olympic level, uh, the world soccer league level, uh, you know, football, basketball, any sports, cricket. <laughs> no one's going to get to those levels without some decent health checks. And if there's a problem, there's a problem. Now, I remember steroids uh, back a few years ago. Uh, Mark, I've forgotten his name, that played for the Oakland A's and uh, Barry Bonds for, for San Francisco and some other people. I was in the Bay Area. So I was, I was familiar with, uh, <laughs> even though I've forgotten his name, uh, but the baseball players, that were taking steroids and they, they were breaking all the records. Okay. Then they stopped that. Now it's interesting. Fortunate, actually, I think that the steroids were out of the system because if you combine steroids with the COVID jab, has anybody looked into that? Have you heard anything on that? Cause that would be a double whammy that would kill you much faster. I would think because that enlarges your heart enlarges your muscles and all kinds of other things unnaturally. Has that been looked into? No, I have never heard of it, but I'll tell you what, I've heard uh, five people that I knew that have died from COVID, uh, from COVID-related incidents. Were they on steroids? 
Did they take steroids at all? No. The, okay. All right. So, so we so we can eliminate that. So that's interesting. That the, if they've gotten steroids, I mean, this is a good thing though. I mean, if they've gotten the steroids out of sports, that was a good thing because that was a problem ten, fifteen, maybe I don't know how many years ago. So that's good. So we, we we've taken care of that. But uh, the other problem was I remember occasionally, again, extremely rare, but it happened. I remember a high school athlete died of a heart attack, uh, but it was cocaine related or crack related. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so that can cause a heart attack. But you're not going to have that mm-hmm. at the uh, at least not initially, you know, you're not going to have that at professional sports level because anybody that's doing crack or, or cocaine, you know, they're, they're going to be thrown out too because you can't have drug-addicted players. Now, do they drug test these players? I bet you they do. Well, there's nothing like marijuana is permitted. Oh, okay. Off-season maybe? Now, is off-season different? Do they have different drug tests for off-season as opposed no, to during the season? During the season. They don't test them for it. Oh, really? The NFL, yeah. At least that's what huh. I heard. Okay. Well, I've never heard of marijuana causing a heart attack. No, I don't. No, I don't, I'm not the person who ever used drugs, so I couldn't tell you. I yeah. only can talk about what I've heard. No, that's okay. We, as long as, like I say, my my rule is pretty simple. As long as it, when we're speculating, we say we're speculating. When we know it to be true, we say it's true. If if it's fact based, and we give our sources. If we have a source, we give our source. You know, as long as we're honest with people, I think that's fine. Um, but uh, alcohol is probably a greater danger than marijuana to athletes, you know, from liver, heart disease, and everything else. Smoking, uh, cigarettes. You see, the problem with marijuana is it's still smoke, though. Smoke's not good. So smoking cigarettes uh, would be, is extremely detrimental to athletes. So if you eliminate those things mm-hmm. and cut back on the sugar, you know, you know back on the, the, the diet sodas and the artificial sweeteners and things like that, uh, but nutritionally, I'm sure they're, they're in good shape. So do, do you know anything about this person's life? Do you know about their story? I mean, let's, let's put a human face on this. Do you know anything about DeMar? Because I don't. I mean, I just heard about him last night. I don't know anything about him, nothing other than what uh, okay. I've read and I've seen some huh. clips of him. That's all. He's 25 okay. years old. It's kind of late, I think, for getting into the NFL. But uh, that's all I know about it. Do you remember that guy that played for the Philadelphia Eagles that they made that film about? I forgot what his name, Kropotky or something like that. Who was that guy? There was like a bartender in Philadelphia. They made a movie that Mark Wahlberg was in, Invincible, right? Guy tries out for the Philadelphia Eagles, makes the team, plays for three seasons. You know, no, I don't know. Well. Oh, it's a great yeah. story. Yeah, it's one of Mark Wahlberg's. actually a good film. Um, anyway, so let me um, – I've got all my stories here. But on, the thing is, is this – the thing uh-huh. is, is this, Greg, is something going on. You know, 9-11, the 2020 election right. and COVID are the mm-hmm. three most conspiratorial experiences that I have ever witnessed. Yeah, we talked about 9-11 with Josie. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, I stood. I stood. Yeah, in 1976, I think it was, ban exchange. New York, uh, uh, and I was in Lexington, Massachusetts. So my band, you know, we had an exchange with a New York band. And one of the, and our band director took us on a field trip. I mean, it was college. Anyway, I know I stood up there. Uh, I was on top of the World Trade Center. And I, I remember seeing where the, Philly, you remember Philly Petit that, that walked in the towers with that big cable? Do you remember that story? Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw where he signed his name at the top of the towers. There's a big magic marker there, Philly Petit. So uh, he was there. 
you know, Philip Small, French guy, you know. And so I was on top of the World Trade Center. I mean, I could have been there the day the, the jets flew in, you know, if that's what they had planned. Oh. I wasn't, you know, so having been up there and then watching them be destroyed, that's kind of a weird feeling. And same thing as I told Josie about the 1989 San Francisco earthquake. I used to drive under the, free, the freeway that collapsed. In fact, I drove under it the day before, you know, and that was when I was in flight school and going for my, my uh, flight instructor rating. And um, they told me not to come in that day because the plane was down for maintenance. We only had one that was that they were using for, uh, for the instructor's rating. And I said, okay, fine, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, and that's when the earthquake struck that day. I mean, what are the chances, right? You want to talk about you know, divine intervention. Um, so I, I've had a few chances <laughs> where I could have been, you know, wrong place, wrong time um, kind of thing. So it's really mm-hmm. quite interesting. Anyway, let's get back to uh, what we know and what, we, what they're not saying. So I'd like to look at what they're not saying. Has there been a press conference yet, or do you think there's going to be one today? Have you heard anything? I don't know. I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about uh, okay. this person other than what we just got through mentioning. Because usually in an event like this, that's one of the first things they do is they issue a press statement, and there's a press conference. So my question is, you know, who's going to ask if, if he had a COVID jab? And is that going to come up? Or is it going to be like some kind of secret agreement? You know, well, I think or, the team or, was required to take. I think the well, that's team what I was wondering. Was okay, so so can, we can is assume then that he's Cuban got a COVID team? Hmm? Is this Cuban thing? I'm not sure. I thought I heard someone speak on that. Oh, that they had to have a jab? I, I think they did too, but I, I can't confirm it because I, I don't have anything on hand. Um, but as far as I know, they did. Now, I'm going to look up Buffalo Bills, you know, jab or NFL jabs. As far as I know, they all had to have it. Basketball players too, right? I don't know about the basketball thing, but I think that uh, it was in the news that the Buffalo Bills had to have the uh, bills required to get vaccinated. Well, that's what I thought. And I had this story. uh, Where's my story here? Uh, This is from a bit ago. And this is a story where they're making fun of one of the Bills players that didn't get it. Cole Beasley says a Buffalo Bills player was sent home with positive COVID tests this week. And this is from uh, SB Nation. I'm not sure what that is. A Buffalo Bills community. So it's, it's, it's a local thing. Uh, it's by Matt Warren, uh, July 21st, 2021. So this is well into the, the COVID jab. This is about, uh, you know, eight months into it. This is Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley is against the COVID-19 vaccine and the NFL NFLPA restrictions associated with the coronavirus. So this is history for us. So this will, this will put this in perspective. He says, we know this. It says on Tuesday, he got into another public Twitter exchange where he made a note about one of his teammates. I've already had a teammate who was vaccinated uh, be sent home for COVID yesterday. Right? So, he says, so we already knew back in 2021 that people were getting the jab and, and getting COVID, you know, proving it was not, you know, not effective. <laughs> now we know it's not safe. Then he says, luckily he caught it on Monday because if it was Tuesday, he would have given it to everyone for a whole week before being tested again. This is, this is part of the lies. They didn't understand, right? And this is, while Bill's rookies reported to training camp on Tuesday, it could be a rehabbing player who was sent home. They have access to the facility in the offseason. Beasley did not elaborate. Okay. This is, of course, we know that people can and do test positive for COVID-19 following vaccination. They aren't 100% uh, vaccines with the uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines in the 94 to 95% effective range. Well, that's not true either. This is the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which several teams offered to players because of the nature of the season travel, was only about 66% effective in trials. So one in three people who received the, the single shot still had a chance to be infected. See, here's the thing, though. Getting COVID is not that big a deal. Getting the jab is, you know, deadly. 
then it says, what's interesting here is that captains Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds said the players on the team were going to keep coronavirus-related information within the locker room when they spoke about it in the media. Da, da, da. Uh, okay, so it doesn't really say whether they all got it or not. And then have got some, some different stuff here. Uh, it says, when players return to camp next week, COVID-19 protocols will be in place inside the building and on the field, whether we like it or not, uh, will still be a part of the story heading into 2021. So I think the policy was, uh, it said that they either, if they uh, got to the jab, they tested every week for COVID. Uh, if they didn't get the jab, they tested every day for COVID. That's as I understood it. Okay. Hmm. So they definitely all got so that means got the jab. Did yeah. take the jab. Well, yeah, and that's the question. Who did? It? Remember, there's, there's a, who's that? There's one football player for the Green Bay Packers, the quarterback, that refused to take it. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I, I, like I said, none of us have total recall on this kind of stuff. Uh, okay, so then we've got the article here. Uh huh. But the thing is, is what does it take, and how much more of these uh, instances that people start pointing fingers at the vaccine? Well, that's why I say people are in denial, and this is why you know this is the title of the show today. Uh, let me suppose. I said an NFL player is nearly dead on TV, but COVID jab denial is alive. So this is this is the disconnect. This is the, the theoretical part. This is what you're not going to find in the news. Because uh, listening to Newsmax, One American News, no one said, you know, no one brought up, well, what's his vaccine status? They didn't even question. Newsmax especially was particularly avoiding of this whole issue. So this is why I'm wondering, you know, if there's going to be a press conference and is a reporter going to have the guts? Probably a foreign press. I would guess, you know, like Le Monde, you know, the Paris or, or maybe uh, maybe the Israeli press or the, the London press or uh, maybe the Russian press. I mean, who knows? But somebody's going to ask. Somebody's going to ask what the vaccine status was and what's the NFL policy. I'm going to look up NFL policy. I'm going to look that up. So NFL jab policy. And we'll see what, see what comes up. I'll look that up later, probably for tomorrow. So, but there's the denial. So here's the question, too. What happens the next time this happens? You know, one time they can excuse. Yeah, what, what happens, happens two next... or three or four on the fall out of the field like that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so is, well, and, and is this, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I'm, like I said, I don't wish this on anybody. I want to make it really clear that this is a tragedy, but it's a preventable one. These people never had to have the jab. They're world-class athletes. They were never going to get that sick with COVID anyway. They're not in a high-risk group, 24. 24 is a virtual no-risk group. And if you're as healthy as a world-class, you know, football player, your, your risk is like, you know, point zero 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 however many zeros, one. It's almost non-existent that you're going to get COVID. Even if you do get COVID, it's not going to affect you. You're not going to notice it. These people, all probably, these football mm-hmm. players probably all had COVID because they travel, right? So they're exposed to people all over the place, right? So I bet you they all had COVID, got over it, didn't even know they had it, have immunity, and then were forced to take a jab for something they're already immune to. That's the tragedy because it makes money, though. Well, I tell you what, these these coaches. <clears throat> I remember when uh, COVID became a problem. I knew some coaches that tried to get the local uh, health doctor to give the high school players some sort of waiver so that the high school football season could go on yeah. just to go to show. Yeah, yeah. Josie says uh, that they're all vaccinated. The, the whole the whole NFL team, all the players are vaccinated or jab, we should say. So high school now, is high school requiring this too of the players. I don't remember exactly what, what the details were. Mm-hmm. Now, this was before they were uh, requiring students to get the jab. This was early on in the uh, 
whole COVID mess. I guess it would have probably been in June. Uh, what is that? Twenty twenty. Okay, that was really, the that's before the the jab yeah. came, jab came out in December. And the first place it went was Capitol Hill. And the first person I think died of a COVID jab was Brian Sicknick, the one they said was you know, killed by Trump supporters with a fire extinguisher, which just proved to be a lie. Uh, and then they said natural causes. Mm-hmm. You know, how a 40-year-old man who, again, in a police department is going to be health checks, right? They have re- I'm sure they have regular physicals. And heart conditions don't just suddenly spring up you know, the night before. Okay? This is something that develops over time. Uh, unless it's extremely rare and they just didn't find it. You know, and there are conditions like that. But for the most part, if you have a heart problem, Doctor knows it, you know, years before you, you have, a, have anything happen, or in, the, or in his case, he had two strokes, two strokes. A 40-year-old healthy police officer has two strokes and, and no obvious injuries of any other kind? Oh, come on. That's a COVID jab. That was the first one, I think. We did a show on that. Yeah, but how much more has to go before they start admitting this? Then what you going to do? You, got, you already don't have two or three shots of this stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's already the time bomb is already ticking. All the players that are going to die from the COVID shot, the time bomb is already ticking. And I hate to say it that way, but it's true. You He's know, not whoever's play gonna, football anymore. Oh, he he'll this be lucky to have his heck. brain left. He might have suffered severe yeah, brain damage. He, you know, you know, I hate to say this too, but here's the thing too. You know, bioethics. This is where the family needs to get involved. Do they want to revive him? I mean, how long was he out? You know, do you do you would he come if they 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 do the Herculean efforts to save him and he comes back as a as a as a quadriplegic paralyzed vegetable who has to live on feeding tubes and an iron lung? Do you want to bring him back? I, mean, I don't know. That's a family decision. I don't know if I mm-hmm. want to come back. You know, if I if I was so severely brain damaged that I had no thoughts, I first of all, you know, not only couldn't do radio but couldn't talk, couldn't think. Would I want to be brought back? No. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know who makes that decision for the for him. And here's the here's the real kicker, though. Like we've said before, this isn't the fir- this is only the first, but it's not going to be the last. If the entire and here's the thing too, this is sports. This is America. This is something everybody watches. So you know, the the media spin. You know, it's one thing for us, those of us that that know about this stuff and have been talking about it for years. They can suppress us. I know because I've been suppressed for ever since you know the beginning. But you can't, when it happens on national TV, you know, I don't care the most ardent, you know, COVID supporter has got to think, you know, well, just maybe, maybe they're not telling us everything. And that little bit of doubt is going to go through the whole country. So keep watching. Or they're not telling you everything. Well, well obviously, we know that. I think a lot we of know that. But, Obama. Yeah. But put yourself in the so let's say you're, you know you're 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 your average American right you like your football you know you go to work you know let's let's just, let's pick an image here so let's say a mid forties you know couple all right you know wife works part time husband works full time I'm just making up a scenario a couple of kids they're in government schools you know you know dad mows the lawn mom makes dinner typical family I'm just kind of creating an image in my head and all of a sudden they're all sitting around the TV all right. They've all been jabbed. <laughs> they all believe in it. Their company believes in it. They believe in it. The kids are jabbed, tragically. And they're watching football last night, right? This American family in the 40s. And all of a sudden, this football player, you know, drops down and, uh, you know, suffers this horrible heart attack. What point do they wonder? You know, maybe they don't wonder the first time. But when they're sitting around the TV next Monday or whatever Monday or Sunday, you know, and this happens again, 
at what point does, you know, average it, American family. Again. Yeah. And, and at what point what do I... people start noticing, you know, where, what's the breaking point is sports, the mechanism by which this becomes the worldwide crisis and the, and the dam breaks with information is sports. I, this, I, this, I think it's very entirely possible that sports is going to break the truth and all this stuff's going to come rushing out. Don't forget, we've got a presidential campaign that started. You know, they're not talking about it much yet. We've got primaries in a year. We're only a year away well, from the first see, primaries. <laughs> some news are even writing this up that he collapsed after hard hit. Well, there was no hard hit. Yeah, the video's out. There was no hard hit at all. Yeah. But what's, what's going to be in the forefront, it should be, is that people are going to start witnessing people collapsing mm-hmm. at what they consider to be precious to them, and that's the game. And yeah. then they're going to start asking questions, why are all these players collapsing like this? Mm-hmm. Then the people that's been talking about jab, 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 is going to have the camera on them. Mm-hmm. And Well, that's uh, the press conference. See, I don't more, think they're going to have a press conference. I think under normal circumstances, if a player had an injury, say they broke their leg. You know, and yeah, well, mm-hmm. I'll let you know, yeah, he's, uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, you know, Brontosaurus King, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, the football player for, uh, you know, the Detroit Avalanche. <laughs> I'm just making this stuff up, right? You know, well, suffered a broken leg last night at Monday Night Football, you know, resting comfortably, uh, you know, should be back in operation in about six weeks. Yeah, that's what they normally do with an injury. So what do you do in this case? Do you risk going in front of the public and having that question? Is this a jab? And at what point is the reporter going to actually have the balls to do it and say, wait a minute, you know, did they have myocarditis? Did they have a swelling of the heart? You know, did they have a drug problem? Did they have uh, an injury? You know, what, or are you going to release their medical records? There's a question. Do they ever release medical well, records? Well, another thing that you should ask is okay. why do people come under such vicious attack when they make reference of the jab as being the center behind a lot of these incidents? Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the propaganda. I mean, you and I know the answer to that, but that's a good question. That's a question that should be out there for, you know, the, the general public. Why aren't you asking this question? No, you know, you, a lie can only last too long. The truth eventually comes up. The problem is it takes too long and too many people die in the process. You know, it's, um, but the truth's going to come out on this. It's just, it's just taking a long time. And how many more people? And you know, there's a lot of reasons that these have critical eyes on the sports uh, mm-hmm. from the youngest players coming up uh, throughout their sports career in that particular sport. How many of them suffer uh, debilitating yeah. injuries or concerns that last with them a lifetime? And you know, the average lifespan of a player in the league is about three and a half years. So uh, there's a lot of questions that could be Asked and addressed. Yeah, so NFL players, and I've heard that before too. So they work their whole life for for three for say three seasons on average. Uh, you can make a lot of money during those three seasons, and if you invest it well, you know it sets you up for for a good part of, of your life. Um, that's if you do that. But the, but the thing is, what's the wear and tear on the body? So what is, you know, we know football players have the the concussion thing. That's been an issue. Uh, we know players can be injured, and uh, you know I remember Daryl was it Daryl Stingley who got hit so badly mm-hmm. by Jack Tatum back in Oakland. He was paralyzed. 
You know, like I said, I'm not a big sports guy, so I don't know this stuff very well. But things do happen. I mean, it is a risk of the game, but that's rare. It's the only one I can think of. But, um, you know, again, what's uh, this? Sports is America. Sports is, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that, that great, you know, American, you know, middle of the road, the people that are not politically aware one way or the other. Now, here's the problem, too. If the public starts getting an idea that it's the jab that's killing these players or injuring these players, their favorite players, their favorite sports teams and games are being canceled for this. They're going to start asking, you know, what did people know? Who, who knew about this and when did they know it? You know, see a Watergate question. What did you know and when did you know it? And who's going to ask those questions of the sports teams? Yeah, they're requiring kids to have these jabs too before they come back to school. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, colleges, I think, are requiring students, uh, I don't know if it's to get student loans or even to come back to college, they're requiring the jab. Again, the biggest problem I found with the jab, my immediate reaction is, well, aren't you testing for immunity? And, of course, the answer was no. Well, why would anybody take a jab before they determine whether they have immunity or not? If you've got immunity, you don't need a jab. And yet that never comes up. Better get the jab. It's your only way. So the, the propaganda into this is so severe. It's the only way. You have to have a jab. There's nothing else you can do. Your immune system won't work. Listen to us. Trust us. We have to mandate it for everybody. I mean, you look at all this, it's totalitarianism at its worst. Totalitarianism through medicine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So anyway, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens, Greg. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe people... Now, after these uh, incidents, they start paying attention of other reports and mm-hmm. start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be when the, the the dam breaks open and the the truth comes flooding out, and and Doctor Fascist is finally going to have to uh, answer some questions. Well, then the thing is, you know, the, and the journalists, being a bunch of sheep, once the first journalist starts asking, they'll all start asking, and then it'll be uh, like a like a shark feed. So let me ask you: We got a few minutes left here. Let me ask you about Kevin McCarthy. I have never, and I'm, I posted this on Facebook earlier. I have never seen. Today was the day, isn't it? Well, you're, no, today's the day. Two more yeah. days. No, it's today. Oh, okay. Today's the third. Yeah, today's today's the day they have to uh, coronate, you know, Kevin McDeepstate. And so I've never seen more demon, uh, more demonizing media regarding Donald, Donald Trump, but a more promoting media regarding Kevin McDeepstate. You know, in fact, I was watching Greta Van Susteren, who I thought was a decent journalist at first. But she had a congressperson on, and she kept asking him, well, why isn't Kevin McCarthy speaker? And why don't you want Kevin McCarthy a speaker? And, and what's holding up Kevin McCarthy being speaker? I mean, he's already moved into his office. He's moved in the speaker's office. You know? And she's advocating. She's advocating for him against this congressperson. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, why don't you ask a question? Why don't you ask the question, why should he be speaker? Not why is he not speaker. What's he done to deserve being speaker? Where are the other contenders? Why don't they have an election? Why don't they have ballots? Why don't they have speeches? Why don't they have a debate? Why don't we treat this as a, why doesn't the Republican Party treat this like a regular election and have nominations and a debate and then decide who's going to be speaker? I mean, no one asks those questions. There's so much. I mean, the biggest problem with news is not the news. It's what what's not the news. What do you think? Well, it will be interesting to see how things turn out. But we did have some good news, though. Oh, good. Along the lines of constitutional protection that Alabama, the great state of Alabama, Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
they have constitutional carry in that state. Now, That's wonderful. Wait, hold on, hold on. I got breaking news. I mean, we got to go, go right to this. Election integrity reporter somewhere either on the way to Tallahassee or already there checks in. I hear hello, music in the hello. We're in Tallahassee, standing in front of the governor's mansion, waiting for Ooh. him to come out. And Ooh. it's full. There's so many people here. It's very exciting. Tell me uh, he, we're just waiting and looking on? at the podium. I knew that you would be going off air in like 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. No, good timing. Yeah. Uh, well, he hasn't come out yet, so we haven't done anything. <laughs> we're waiting. <laughs> So, but so there's a me, lot of there? people What's here. Going on? How many people? What are you doing there? What's the purpose of this? What's the weather like? Give me, give me a be a reporter. Give me an on the street report. Well, oh, we were right. Angie Carter's with me. She says hi. Uh, hi we are standing in front of the mansion. There's thousands of people here, and it's really? full. We didn't get inside, and we're okay. standing outside. I sent you some pictures. But um, everybody's dressed to the nines and uh, standing really? here waiting for our governor to come out and be inaugurated. So, it's really so cool. is he going to take his oath of office? What's this all about? This inauguration. I guess he's going to do the oath. I would, I would assume that. So we've okay. seen a lot of people that we know here. So it's pretty exciting. Really? We're with Marilyn and David Farrow. Do you want to put anybody on the and, uh, Give them a, put a phone under their nose and, and see if they want to talk? Give us an on-the-street report. Okay, hang on one second. Marilyn. Sure. Um, Greg is online. He wants to say if you want to say hi. He's on the air. We're on the air. This is live. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. So, so what's your what's this, your political interest or, or expertise? Well, I'm the newly elected councilwoman for the city of Milton. Oh, congratulations! And I'll, thank you very much. And my second meeting as city councilwoman woman will be tonight so i'm looking forward okay. to it yay well we have to have you back on the show for a detailed <laughs> interview so that's going to be good okay all right well i look forward to that yeah thank you yeah. well thank you so uh, does angie want to say anything because we got her there too impression of the day going once going twice are we hitting phones back and forth this is live radio Diane, hey, here's angie Okay, there we go. Good. Hey, Angie. Hey, your, Greg. What, how are you? I'm doing fine. What are your impressions of the day in the crowd? Uh, well, we got a few upset people because we didn't know they would we would be running out of seating, but it's a beautiful day. We're hoping the rain holds off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, it's nice. You know, it's not cold, not hot. A lot of okay. people here. Very so exciting a, time. I told Diane this is a once-in-a-lifetime because he won't do it again unless you came to the first one. So, but uh, no, I think we probably won't got, make so it to Washington. 20, so this is 2022 is elected. So, so 2020 he'll be in office until 2026 then from this one. Right, but yeah, but we know where he's going from here. Come on, Greg. <laughs> well, where I think he's going is president in 2028. Yeah, we're probably not going to have quite as intimate a crowd in Washington, D.C. as we have here. 
So tell me about the crowd. Do you see signs? Are there people, you know, if you talk to people there? No, they, they did have one protester as we were coming in who was protesting the illegal immigration, but the police removed him, moved him outside the gate. He was in a suit. Protesting <laughs> illegals? They wanted more illegals or what? Or pressing, no, he pressing was, he was protesting. He, it was, his sign said, impeach Biden-Harris, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay too. So that's that's that, he's one of us. So they were yes. removed for some reason, or what? What what happened? They moved him out. So he had he had gotten right up to the security gate, and they moved him. They moved him, uh, you know, out of the security area. So uh, moved him back out where the buses were unloading. Okay. But it's a pretty well-run event. The buses, you know, just get on the bus at the at the Governor Square Mall, and they bring you right to the front gate of this Capitol building. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, thank yep. you. Let me get uh, let me get Diane back on here, and I've got uh, I'm kind of curious. Um, let's hear from her again. Let's get you back here because we only I'm have so- a few minutes left. Yeah. So yes, of course, we do you know, have a I, few snipers on the roof that we're looking at. They got really? drones flying all overhead. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is this being covered? Do you well, see we don't media? know if they're snipers. They're definitely police, law enforcement. Well, you can tell if it's a rifle with a scope on it, it's probably a sniper. Well, we've seen them with binoculars so far. Uh-huh. Did you have to do any uh, security checks to get into this area? Was there metal detectors, things Absolutely. like that? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Medical, metal, metal detectors and, you know, search your, any bags you have and all of that. So even though you're outside, are you close enough to the governor to hear him, see him, or is this going to be, how close are yes, you? Yes, we can see the podium. We're probably about, uh, I don't know, 100 yards, about 100 yards away, right behind the media. Okay. Oh, you're behind the media? Right behind the media, yes. And then they okay, have a big so, screen out here, too. So so now, so here's my, do you, so here's what we need to do for future time. So you can still do this today. Can you get yourself on one of those, you know, on the street reports like we're doing now? Just pretend to be a regular person. And just, just for the fun of it, say, yes, I, I'm the election integrity reporter for Action Radio, and I'm here, you know, observing the, the, uh, the inauguration of uh, Governor DeSantis. And we want to tell you that we have the world's only citizen legislature. How brave do you feel? Yes. Go for it. I'll have I'll have uh, Diane do I'll have Diane do, do go live oh, is still? after it's I over. But, but I will tell you this: we're we're having uh, we have a, a a little bit of trouble with the uh, with the bandwidth here because there's so many people on their phones. Yeah. So we're not uh, you know I, I was having a hard time getting some text messages to go through. So I don't right. know if she could do a live stream. I'm well, kind of surprised we've been able to make Diane. a call you, out. Uh, yeah, my mistake. I thought you handed the phone back to her, but you can do it too. I mean, feel free. But uh, let, let me talk to Diane for a second. Okay, let me hand the phone back to Diane. Thank and you. good talking to you, Greg. And uh, keep fighting for Santa Rosa. Of course. We have a lot of work to do. There, there you go. Yes, right, we so... do. It's only just beginning. Okay, thanks. Um, Here's so Diane. This, I, yeah, okay. All right, good. Diane? Hello. Yeah, so this is actually for you. I thought I was talking to you. I thought it, she'd handed the phone back to you. So I, uh, I had a message, which I, I want to make sure you get directly. Uh, and, that is, and that is, if you can, you know, as our election integrity reporter, if you feel, if you feel like it, go up to those, those media people and, and see if you can get yourself like an on-the-street interview. And they say, well, what do you feel about this? They said, well, as the election integrity reporter for Action Radio, the world's only citizen legislature, here's what I think. 
just for the fun of it. Do you feel up to it? Yes, no, maybe? I think we're losing here. Hello, hello? Seating. Hardly any seating. Oh, I think I so, think you, uh, I, I, you, you. I know. You cut it, it kind of spoiled our. We wanted to get up and try to meet some of DeSantis' people, but there's not a chance. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but you, you cut it for a second. But what I was thinking of, like I say, I was talking. I thought I was talking to you, but I was talking to Angie. But um, as the election integrity reporter, if you get a chance to uh, to go up to any of the media just for the fun of it and say when they say, well, you know, hey, what do you think of this event? You can say, well, as the election integrity reporter for Action Radio, uh, the world's only citizen legislature, here's what we think. Can, you know, if you want to have some fun, <laughs> I'm serious. Try yeah. it. Okay? I, I know. I can't get to them. They're all on the inside of a fence. We're on the outside mm. of the fence looking in. Okay. So that's, that's why fine. I can't even get so, over to them. So now that I know you're a political operative and you have friends in high places and can go to these events, we need to get you action. We need to get action radio gear, baseball caps, T-shirts, buttons, something. I I got a couple (laughs) of shirts. Josie actually made me a couple. But we need to do that. Start walking around in front of cameras. We need to, you know, guerrilla marketing. What do you think? Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We haven't seen the governor yet. He's. I thought he was supposed to start at 1030. He's going to pull a Trump and be late. <laughs> well, there's always and we're seeing Patty Burke. She made it inside the fence. Is Patty there? I think. Oh, she's. In, I think she's so. We're looking at somebody who looks a lot like her. I haven't texted her yet to see if it's oh, her. Okay. Yeah. It Anybody else I should talk to? That yeah, she's not looking inside? at her phone. Oh, okay. Pam Mitchell's here. Let's put her on. Pam Mitchell and her husband. We saw them. Oh, okay. I don't think I ever yeah. talked to her. I think it's somebody. Yeah, Mama B is, is with Patty. There? Oh, Mama B is I'm there? I'm pretty she... sure it's Mama B with Patty. We're not. We haven't confirmed it, but it looks like it. Okay, They're Mama B's been on us. the show. She was a big part of the show for a while, and I'm trying to get her back on. So we'll see if we get Mama B back. But this mm-hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So you notice we're all big one happy activist family? Are you going off here at 10? Uh, well, no, actually, we, we get a little overtime. Apparently, I'm still on. <laughs> so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but apparently you're still here. So, yeah, I've got a little extra time, so I'm using it while you're here. So uh, um, I think that was one time because when I called the show, I don't have overtime. But when I'm actually connected to the show, like I am still, I get a little bit, I get the hour overtime. But I'm not going to keep you that long. <laughs> I just want to keep you for a few minutes just to find out everything I can. Um, so this Yeah, is we're fast. sitting here looking, there's snipers looking down at us. And they got the drones what? are so low, it's kind of creepy. They're like only like ten Ladies feet tall. Up oh, here they go. Take your seats. Take your seats. We can sit on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard the official word that that made it on the air. Well, let me let you go then, because you should enjoy the festivities and get videos and post them to our uh, our Action Radio video page and uh, see all that kind of good stuff. And if you can, you know my 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 thing. If you can, and I don't think you can this time, but. You know, but somebody we can contact in the governor's office would be great. Okay. It would be nice. All right. Okay. Well, thanks okay, for calling cool. in. Anything else to add? Uh-huh. I will. Uh, I'm on tomorrow at 9. Yep. We'll talk about it then. For Have a good el- time. Election integrity report. Okay. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Dad. Bye. Bye now. <laughs> funny. These are always such a such a riot to do the um, – the on the street reports because you never know and it's confusing to go back and forth and I you know like I said apologize for mistaking voices there but I can't have uh, you know one person you know, only Don can say she's the election integrity reporter so just to get that straight but uh, yeah she'll be on tomorrow and so we're switching her from from Thursdays to Wednesdays so Diane Warren 
uh, Warner, excuse me, will be our do the election integrity report 9 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday. So we've got uh, currently uh, Bill Fecky starts the show at seven. Uh, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God report at 7:30, and then eight o'clock is open. And then um, Diane Warner is going to do the election integrity at nine. So eight o'clock, I don't know. We'll probably follow up on what happened today. But uh, that's the question. The question you all want to ask as I as I title the show: An NFL player is nearly dead on TV, but uh, COVID jab denial is alive. So that's the problem. The denial is alive and well, and we have a player that's potentially, hopefully, will recover. You know, but um, it, this is this is this should not be happening. This is preventable. There's no reason for this at all. And so that's what drives me crazy. All right, let me see if I can find a little bit of music uh, to send us on our way for today. And so, again, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. That's where you find us. Our legislative page is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. If you want to help us out, givesendgo.com slash actionradio. That's givesendgo.com slash actionradio. And that'll help us to, to do what we do best, which is fight for your freedom. Um, by uh, writing the laws that we consent to be governed by. See you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.